Welcome to Game Face, episode 179 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield. I'm Matt Kyle. And you can find me on Twitter at Dinfire. And you can find Matt at mkyle. A couple things before we get on with the show today. There's obviously a big game that came out today that's getting gigantic reviews. We're going to talk about that. Uh, But a couple housekeeping things before we get going. Um, First of all, changes are happening on Sifted.net. Uh, Brent has been working for a while on some things. Um, people have been asking me, is there a place where they can go to see all the changes that are coming? There's not, uh, but we will make you guys aware when the changes come online or when they're about to come online. And so far what's happened is we're working on some security stuff. So a lot of you guys have complained that when you go to Sifted, it says not secure up in the little URL window, which actually Mm -hmm. is not a big deal. There's tons of commercial sites right now that aren't secure. We are fixing that though. So... Sifted was secure, even though it said not secure, but now I think people will have the peace of mind that it doesn't actually say that up there. Uh, that's rolling out. It always out. bugged me. <laughs> did it? or Oh, yeah, yeah. I did. Okay. Um, so that's being fixed very soon. And then something that is rolled you just out. just lie to me. It's fine. <laughs> just, just... It was always safe. Like, we don't even keep any information on our servers. Mm-hmm. Like, everything is kept on Amazon. But anyway, uh, one thing that has rolled out already, and some of you may have noticed this, and maybe some of you may be able to watch this stream because of this instead of waiting for the archive, is that the connection between Sifted and Patreon was not working correctly. So when somebody would drop their Patreon pledge and go to Sifted, they would still be able to watch the content on Sifted. This Mm. has been going on for a while and we were aware of it. However, we were not aware of the magnitude of it. Um, Once we started digging in, we discovered that there are literally hundreds of people who have been consuming our content for free, in some cases, at the, starting at we the, have hundreds of viewers? Yes, we do. <laughs> wow. Starting at the beginning of 2018 for some people. So, wow. yeah, we have lost literally thousands of dollars because of this. And the problem is it was Patreon's API. It wasn't sending out a ping when people would drop their pledge. Well, they've updated their API. It does that now, and it is fixed. So... Some of you folks, and look, I'm not going to say that everybody that was doing it was doing it on purpose, because if you weren't using Patreon and you were just using sifted.net, then you would not even know that you were not pledging to our Patreon. So say your payment was rejected or your credit card expired or something like that, and you stopped paying to Sifted, there's no alert for you unless you go to Patreon. So people who are using just Sifted, other than checking their bank account to see if it was being deducted every month. Mm. They had no way to know. So I know some of you guys just innocently may have just been getting our stuff for free for a long time. Uh, But if you've gone to the site and you see that all of a sudden you're a basic user, that's because you are no longer contributing to our Patreon. So we would appreciate it very much uh, if those people would then jump on our Patreon and start pledging uh, the $4 per month. If any of you guys feel guilty and want to give us some some back pay for all the, the time that you've got for free, that would be awesome. Uh, but anyway, just wanted to give you guys a heads up. Uh, maybe some of you guys haven't even gone to Sifty yet and haven't even discovered it and realized it. But that switch flipped, uh, what, a day? About a day and a half ago, and our Patreon went up $200 in a day. So... I think a lot of people either were like, oh, crap, I can't believe this happened. I need to go to Patreon and contribute. Or they're just like, well, the gig's up. <laughs> Time for me to go face. But either way, uh, we appreciate your patronage and your support. So anyway, uh, one more note. 
We will not be doing a show next Tuesday, and that makes a lot of you guys sad. It is Labor Day weekend. I am leaving here on Thursday morning, and I don't get back into L.A. until Tuesday evening, like late. Um, so we, we're not doing a show next Tuesday. However, if Matt can make it, we want to do a show on Thursday. You got here a little late. I didn't get to ask you before mm-hmm. we went live, but I'm asking you live on the show now. I think so. What date? Was that like the 5th? Uh, I don't know what the date is, actually. That's a good question. Yeah, I think roughly the 5th. Uh, that should be okay. Okay. So we're going to try to do a show next Tuesday for you guys. Um, while I'm gone, Thursday. though. Thursday. Thursday, sorry. Uh, while I'm gone, though, there is content that's going to be going up on the site and our Patreon. I've been busting my butt getting stuff preloaded for you guys while I'm gone. Although I want to say I hope that you guys disconnect. It's Labor Day weekend. It's the weekend where all the hours you put in at your job, you're supposed to just forget about it and enjoy yourself for a few days. That's not what, in Europe. Not in Europe, right. Well, how you can you can still do it. In spirit, they can do Labor Day. Well, except they got to go to work on yeah, Monday, I know. That, so. that is a bit of a catch. Uh, but American Sifters, take some time off. Uh, celebrate the fact that you bust your ass to make whatever living you make and enjoy your time. That's what I'm going to do. I'm taking a couple days off. Uh, Barbecue makes exploitation by the system okay. <laughs> it does It does soften the blow a little bit, though. I will say that. So anyway, uh, that's a lot, the last bit of the housekeeping. Let's get on with the show. We're going to lead things off uh, with a game that just came out today or last night, depending on if you're a digital person, uh, and that is Control. It is Remedy's brand new game, although the more I play it, the more it feels not so brand new. No, uh, well, I mean... Right up to, like, one of the main guys being uh, Max Payne. Yeah. Uh, the voice of Max Payne. Yeah. The former director who talks to you as a ghost or whatever yeah. like, is, is, like is Max tell. Payne's voice. Yep. Um, and it's directed and written by the guy who is Max Payne's face. So, um, yeah. <laughs> you, uh, you know, you're, there's, there's some pedigree here. Um, yeah, I think top level, I would say, is if you like Remedies games, so if you it like... It is definitely a Remedy game. It is a game. Remedy game, absolutely. <laughs> and you can see... Right down to the physics. Yep. Like, don't touch a table or that thing's going flying. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but even just, like, the elements. So it has crazy shooting mechanics. Mm-hmm. It has interesting weapon mechanics. It it has, like, FMV in it in certain sections. Yep. Uh, it's it's I would say maybe narratively it pulls back a little bit. Particularly if you compare it to, like, Quantum Break or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's being a little more, I guess, obtuse with that. I mean, it's... It's not it's, as heavy-handed with the storytelling. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's being vaguer uh, in kind of a J.J. Abrams way. Um, it's trying to make you ask, like, oh, what's this all about? Um, which it mostly succeeds at yeah. early on. Um, it's very influenced by uh, Twin Peaks... Oh, yeah. And uh, SCP. What about X-Files? I get an X-Files vibe Somewhat from this X-Files. game. Somewhat X-Files. There's a lot more SCP to this, if you know what that is. I don't. Uh, SCP is a website. Uh, it stands for Secure, Contain, Protect. Okay. And it's basically, if you don't know what this is, go look it up, and you, uh, you've lost your day, and I'm sorry. <laughs> what it is, it's basically, uh, it's about a fictional organization called, called SCP, and they, they grab anomalous things and contain them. Okay. And every uh, number... They've... Wait, you know what? I can go there right now, actually. Yeah, go there. We have the uh, TriCaster wired into the PC. We have here. the technology. And what's the URL again? Uh, SCP. SCP. Just, SCP. Just look up SCP. I don't remember what the suffix is. SCP.com, maybe, or org. I don't remember. Well, wait till we get it up to bring that's it into the it. show. That's not it? <laughs> that's, that's not a consulting firm, no. Okay. Just, just Google SCP. Um, SCP it? Foundation, that's it. SCPWiki.net. Okay. 
so what it is is so you see Adam, um, can you bring this up on the? If you click on the SCP by series, up in the in the little sidebar, sidebar SCP, right here. Click on one. Okay. So you see there, uh, this will bring up a list of one to nine ninety nine. There's a thousand. Uh, no, yeah, there's they've listed like about a hundred here. But if you see in the corner, you can go up to number five thousand. Yeah. Every single individual number is a different written by the community, um, and vetted and edited by the community. Uh, anomalous object of some kind, what? and it, it outlines how to contain it, what it is, what it does, and they're all basically written as like creepy short stories. <laughs> and okay. It, in matter of fact, uh, SCP one, I think it's SCP one seventy eight, is um, the first one, the original one that started the whole thing, and it is basically the the weeping angels from uh, Doctor Who. Is this it? One seventy is it one seventy two? Maybe it's one seventy two. The Gear Man? No. Anyway, I don't see it. What now. is this though? It's like a it's like a fiction site, but it's like done it's done up like it's a like it's a real organization. Every if you if you click on any one of them, you'll see like there's like redacted stuff and blacked out stuff. Like the way so that, it's made to be like a. Oh, I see. See, yeah. so it's like they redact like all these details to make it seem like an undercover thing. So the idea is that basically like there's all these crazy weird X Files things out there. And this this corporation, this company, makes sure that no one knows about them. Okay, got it. And which is essentially but it's the all same, fiction, right? Yeah. Yes, there are, there are no interdimensional gateways being contained by a bunch of weirdos in the desert. <laughs> um, and some of them are funny, and some of them are scary, and some of these, it's 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 really fun. Just go go to go to it was at scp-wiki.net and yeah. just like go browse a bunch of them. It's a lot of fun. Yep. But uh, you can tell there's a lot of this in control in the backstory of what the the Federal Bureau of Control. I mean, it's entirely. I mean, they're focused on uh, paranormal like anomalies that shift the world and okay. deal with like you know uh, you know that's SCP is everything. You know, there's there's like anything you can think of is in there. Uh, the control bureau is entirely based around there are reality incursions and it causes weird things. But there's things in the game called objects of power, which are the things you have to get and cleanse to give yourself new abilities. Yeah. And those were those are pure SCP. Like a like a telephone that lets you talk to dead people, pure SCP. <laughs> um, yeah, that those those are exact like a, a, a creepy a creepy merry-go-round course that lets you dash like total SCP. Like huh. absolutely. So I, I think there's definitely some of that to it, but um, and it, there's a lot of Twin Peaks to it because I mean these guys, uh, you know, Remedy is a big group of noir fans. They've always done, and there's there's definitely noir to this. There's that Twin Peaks sort of like. You know, weird stuff happening out in Americana thing, like especially with the 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 Ocean View Motel that you end up in, yeah. like it's pure David Lynch, and so that stuff is pretty cool. And um, so you've basically got that kind of a story and that kind of storytelling mixed with uh, Max Payne quality shooting mechanics. Yeah, we should uh, we should probably give them a synopsis of the plot. So such as it is. So yeah. Far. I mean, it's... <laughs> so you play. What's her name? I don't even remember. Jesse. You play as Jesse. Jesse is basically looking for her brother. Her, bro- her brother who disappeared. Because again, like like the SCP, this the Federal Bureau of Control goes to places where one of these anomalies happens. And basically lock it down and come up with an explanation and make sure nobody knows it ever happened. It's and a she, government agency that that investigates supernatural yeah. happenings. Paranatural. Paranatural, right. Now, one of the things <laughs> I appreciate about this game is it gets the difference between supernatural and paranatural correct. Yeah. Supernatural is something that is involved with like dead things. Yeah. And paranatural is just something weird. That you just can't explain. Or was it Egon and the real Ghostbusters said that a ghost of a, of, a, of a dead person is a supernatural entity. A demon which was never alive is a paranatural Interesting. entity. Interesting. 
Learned a lot from uh, J. Michael Straczynski Both of which do not exist. Yes. <laughs> but the lore is the lore. It is, yeah. Um, so she, And so she, I think it was like 17-some years ago, She she her town of Ordinary... Yeah. As a little, little David Lynchy there. Yeah. Uh, was the site of one of these incursions, and uh, the, the, the brother. Bureau, the bureau came and cleaned it up, and in the process took her brother. Yeah. And she's been looking for him for the last 17 years. And this building. And she that finally she is found. In. The building that because only she can see it. No one. It's in New York City, yeah. but no one else can see the it's building. It's called the oldest house, and uh, it is uh, basically it has the mystical ability to not be noticed unless right. you're specifically looking for it. Yep. Um, and she has something in her head that she talks to all the time. We don't hear it. Is it the hiss that's talking to her? No, we don't know what it is. Yeah. Yet. Not, not at this point in the story, but like she keeps talking about like you know we are doing this, and she talks right. back to it, but you don't hear whatever it is is talking to her, and keeps asking herself whether she should tell the people she meets in here about it. Um, so we don't know what that is yet. Like that's that's another mystery early on. Um, but she's basically she's looking for her brother. She comes into this place. There's nobody there. She finds her way to the director's office. Uh, and the director has just been shot, whether by someone else or by himself. You don't know. She, well, I mean, you do kind of know. Sort of. but Because like, not, they explain you, you, what he was trying to do. We also can't be sure of anything. Yeah, in, in this, this game. game, you really can't. Uh, the idea is that the gun. And so, she picks the gun up, which is one of those anomalous objects and whoever can use the gun without going insane or dying becomes the new director of the Federal Bureau of Control. Well, you're supposed to play Russian roulette with it. Mm -hmm. And if it kills you, obviously you're not the director. If it doesn't kill you, then you are the director. Mm -hmm. So she walks in, the gun is laying on the ground next to this dead guy, like maybe was the director. It appears that he had played Russian roulette and did die. And then she picks up the gun and it holds her holds it to her head and then apparently she's okay. Yeah, which you pl- and you that's basically shown by it like all the psychic sort of dealings are are done in sort of like a little challenge level inside an astral plane so yeah. that's how you that's how you solve psychic problems uh and then so now she's the new director yep and which is not really what she was expecting to happen and she has to deal with this anomalous weird ass building that shifts around and does crazy things all the time and everyone expects her to lead the place and she's just here to find her brother but she doesn't know quite how to go about breaking that to everybody yeah and then she Um, comes across because being the director is like a really rare like you're chosen sort of thing yeah and uh so she's caught up in all this mystical crap uh all the old employees she starts running into the old employees who have been taken over by the hiss and the hiss is this evil entity that has kind of taken over the building. Yeah, it's some force or some energy that can, like, possess people and turn them into basically the bad guys. Right. Um, And uh, only the people wearing these special harnesses were not taken over, as well as some other people who are just weird. Yep. Um, Like the (laughs) janitor here. Like the janitor. One of the first people you meet in the game, actually. Who has one of the most bizarre acts. I mean, I have almost turned the subtitles on in this game for him. Like, I can't understand. I can't. I mean, I think you're not supposed to be able to understand a bunch of what he says. But I, a lot it's of hard. times, a lot of times, I can't tell if I can't understand because he's talking weird or he's speaking another language. Well, I think or he has a thick Irish accent or he's Scottish. A, he's accent. a thick Norwegian accent. Norwegian or, Norwegian or Swedish. It's oh, definitely okay. Scandinavian. I don't know. I can't. It's I really know, thick. I know that. I don't know Scandinavian languages well enough to know what it is, but uh, it's definitely one of those um, or some permutation of it. Uh, as a matter of fact, at one point she asks someone where he's from, and they're like, "I don't know, he's he's from where he's from." Yeah, and it's just like, okay, so it's intentionally supposed to be strange. Yeah, um, let's talk about what it's like to play the game. So you have a gun, a gun, mm. 
And that the gun, service weapon. Yeah, the called. service weapon. And it morphs into all the typical weapons you get in most shooters. So mm-hmm. when it starts, it's just a pistol, but then it can be upgraded to a shotgun, and it can be upgraded to a rifle, and then a machine gun, and then a rocket launcher. Uh, it's just one weapon that morphs into all these mm-hmm. other different items. Um, and it is a third-person shooter, without yeah. a doubt. That is the, the predominance of the time spent playing is shooting. There's no cover system. You no, can crouch. You can crouch behind stuff, but mostly you're just supposed to move. And I don't like that. That is probably my biggest complaint with the gameplay is the lack of a cover system. I've gotten used to it, but like, um, it was weird at first. Yeah, I, I think as you play a little more, I'm farther than you are. I think as you play a little more, it will start to become more and more annoying as the game starts to become more and more challenging. Because this game is not easy. No, well, I've noticed that like. Uh, here's the thing. Like, I've noticed, like, in the first boss fight and stuff, like, they send a lot of additional enemies at you, and I was getting blindsided by that. They spawn the everywhere out yeah, of nowhere. That I don't like either. Um, the way enemies just randomly just spawn, like, behind you. Yeah, but, uh, I just played a little bit of Remnant. Um, okay. And the bosses in that are nothing but additional enemies swarming you the whole time. Uh. And so, like, to, compared to, the, to that, this <laughs> You're is like, a vacation. This is a walk in the it's park. Great. Yeah. So I didn't I I so yeah like I'm like oh I can see how this would be annoying if I hadn't just come off this game that uses that was it as way its, worse as its entire <laughs> difficulty spike in boss battles. Um, I did not like Remnant very much. Yeah, uh, yeah. We actually discussed this last night. Matt was like, "Should I talk about it?" And he and I think you actually found a great way to discuss it, which is in the context yeah. of control. I just I bounced right off that game. Yeah. I do think you might want to try it because it is Dark Soulsy a little bit, but it doesn't use this. It has a stamina bar, but the stamina bar is only for dodging and running. It is not for attacks. Oh, okay. So it I might like be a that. nice way to sort of wade into the Dark Souls form, and it uses guns more. It's more like a Resident Evil sort of gun okay. related thing. So it might be, an, and there's no death penalty. Oh, you just start back. At oh, the that's nice. Um, oh, I think I might like that game. <laughs> so it might be a nice way to sort of wade into the Dark Souls yeah. idea without a lot of the things that annoy you about it. Yeah. Um, so I would say give it a shot. To me, it all feels very rudimentary in that regard. Like, the lack of death penalty, like, turns it's me off easy. tremendously. Uh, it's not too easy because it is hard. Like, the boss battles are hard, clearly meant to be done co-op. But, like, it's just the the level, the, the risk-reward level is just not there for me. It's like, oh, I'm dead. I just got to do it again. Like, I don't care. Like, I, it's, yeah. like. You, like the thing that kept me playing Dark Souls when I die is I got to go get my stuff. Oh yeah, you know, for sure. and yeah. like this just makes me turn it off. Now you're like I'm dead, and so I am enjoying Control much, much more. <laughs> Even though it's a very different game, yeah. Uh, control at least interests me. So, in a way. so I, which it didn't before. I mean, we talked about that before. Like I wasn't oh, very interested. It's in this been game. tracking horribly on Sifted, like horribly. Like no one seems interested in it. now that the reviews are coming out. It's starting to spike, mm-hmm. but yeah, before that, like I mean, I mainly just... played it because I'm like, well, we're gonna talk about this. So yeah. I better play it. But I like actually like it a lot. I am pleasantly so surprised by this game. I mean, overall, I would say that's my impressions. Uh, the gunplay is good. Yeah, the aiming feels good. The headshots feel great. Headshots are great. We talk yeah. about that all the time on this show. Like satisfying headshots. This game has them, man. Like mm-hmm. their heads pop, and they spray almost like a volcano, like into mm. the air, and then they just kind of disappear in a mist. It's not a particularly bloody or violent game in that. Well, way. I mean, you're seeing a lot of corpses laying around. But yeah, like, it's not. You're not. You're not causing the gore. Yeah, there's, there's not a lot of gore really anyway, though. No. Yeah, it's not really graphic. I think it's a T rating. I'm not even sure this got an M. To be honest. Um, I would imagine shooting this many people would get you an M. 
and but there's, there's, and there's, but and there's supernatural spirits. Yeah, but there's, all, there's also there's also red blood everywhere. So oh, I that's think true. That gets you an M no matter what. That's true. Because even if you're not killing them, the dead people do have pools of blood around them. Um, so I think the gunplay feels good, which is oh, really yeah. important because you do it all the freaking time. I would it feels, like it feels a, good. a cover system, good. and I think as you play more, you'll start to wish that there was one. I don't know if I will because, like, I cover systems are not the end-all, be-all to me. I mean, I can crouch behind a thing, and then I can pop up with the aiming and shoot and then move again. Like, it's fine. Like, I don't, I don't, it doesn't bother me. And I, I'd rather not have a sticky cover system when I can avoid it just because I feel like that's a bit too much of a crutch for some people. I don't think Remedy would use it as a crutch. But uh, their gameplay tends to more want you to be on the go. I've and, died a and, lot uh, of times. I'm okay with that. I've died a lot of times and having no idea who shot me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like crouched behind cover and boom, I'm just dead. You die. I've died a lot in this game. Well, I don't. It can come really fast. Well, if they throw a heavy, if they a heavy hit oh yeah, you, you twice, you die. You don't have a lot of life. But what I'm saying is, don't take cover. Like, I mean, it even tells you in the tips, like move. Like, yeah, I mean, cover. That's is, the first tip it gives you. Cover actually. is for if you're caught and there's nothing else you can do and you have something to duck behind, do it. But like most of the time, that to throw enemies' aim off, you need to run. And the way the way it works though is that's why there's no stamina bar. Yeah, the health bar is really really short in this yeah. game. And so it can get down to zero very quickly. So when you, after you kill an enemy, these little white shards come out that give that replenish your health. And when you first start, before you get any supernatural powers, you're shooting, killing, and then rushing in trying to grab that health and then get back out. Like there's a lot of times where I wish there was a cover system just to give me a moment to kind of ponder something before I do it. You're right. Maybe that's not how they want you to play the game. Mm. Later on, once you start getting your supernatural powers. Um, the gun doesn't have a ton of ammo. You don't have to reload it. Like, mm-hmm. if you stop using it, it'll recharge. Yeah, and if you use it all up, the recharge takes longer. It does, but I think the game is designed intentionally that way so that your gun runs out of ammo so you use the supernatural Yeah, they want powers. you to mix up your powers, and then, like, there's there's mods you can use to synergize that. Like, they give you an energy, your, your psychic energy, like, 10% back every time you get a headshot. Um, and then, of course, my, I mean, the mod, personal mod I used first was I gave myself a uh, 20% bonus for picking up health shards. Me too, yeah. Um, which I think is the that most the u- useful early on. Yep. Um, those guys are hard. Yeah. So it is kind of this tug of war between your health and killing and getting the health back. Uh, it makes it, it's very hectic. And then as you start getting a supernatural powers, you can start doing some cool combos. Yeah. Like you can shoot an enemy, stagger them pick up a desk, throw the desk at him, or you can pick up something from behind him and actually pull it, and it, and it all works. Like, all the physics work great. Um, all the, the hit detection works amazing. The damage model is great. You can get really creative with how you... You can see in this footage here. Yeah. You can start getting really creative with how you start taking out enemies. It certainly, that's, it to certainly me, looks like a better superhero game than Avengers. Yeah, and that's when the game started really turning the corner for me. That's when I was like, I like this, and then it got to the point where like, oh, I, I really like this. Like, I'm mm-hmm. really starting to have fun. I'm really able to get creative with how I go through each room. And it is a little bit like that. It's kind of like... Halo 4 or Halo 5, come into an area, kill all the enemies, mm-hmm. move to the next area. But what you're like what you're doing There's no switch to flip though like no. in Halo. But what you're doing combat-wise is way more interesting than Halo, so it's it's not so bad. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the story's good. Um I'll say this, the more I've played it, the less interesting it becomes. As they start to explain stuff, it 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 starts to be a little more simple than it initially mm-hmm. appears. Um but it's no, still no, good enough to keep you going. Nobody really cares who done it. I'll say this. You tell too. them the answer to the mystery; they'll kill you. Yeah, yeah. I'll say this too. 
the game has a lot of humor. Do you have you been reading any of the documents yeah. that you pick up? They're hilarious. Yeah, like I don't know who wrote that stuff, but they're really, really good. I mean, it says written by Sam Lake. I'm sure he had help. But, yeah, uh, they're great. Like they're yeah. they're legitimately funny. The writing in it is good. Like there isn't that much humor in the actual cutscenes. Per se. Some of the characters are funny by their Ish. nature of who they are. Right, right. Like, there's a lot of, like, Jesse kind of reacting to the weirdos she's running into. Yep. Um, but not so much, like, actual jokes. And I think that would be the one thing that has struck me the most playing the game versus how it was promoted is it's wi- it's a lot more lighthearted than you would think it is by watching all the trailers in the media that's been, out, mm-hmm. been put out for it. Uh, there's definitely uh, a good bit of comedy and humor kind of hidden um, and again, you you do have to kind of search for that stuff. It's not really that overt, but it is there, and it is legitimately funny, uh, which I found pretty interesting. I really didn't expe- expect that at all after the marketing campaign for this game, as it were. Mm. <laughs> yeah, the marketing campaign really tries to make it look like straight horror, pretty much, which uh, it isn't really. No, it, it definitely has a lot of tongue-in-cheek stuff uh, with it. Um, great, the audio design is amazing. Mm-hmm. So the hiss is like constantly whispering in the background. Like if you have headphones on, this is a great game to play with headphones. Um, yeah, it reminded me of um, Hellblade at times. The sound effects when you punch that uh, melee is also satisfying in this game because yeah. you literally like explode their heads with punches. You can punch someone in the head and their head just explodes into this like volcanic mm. mist, um, and it feels. I think it feels great. Like. Um, the traversal itself, the running and the climbing and stuff like that, that stuff feels a little eh. Mm-hmm. Like, I never feel like I know for sure if she's going to grab onto a ledge when I jump for it. She almost always does, but I don't have, like, supreme confidence in the jumping and the yeah. clambering. I just use, uh, like, the, the, the air dash to kind of make sure yeah. a lot of times. Yeah, that helps for sure. Um, but the sound design in this game is great. Um, I think Destruction's one of- good, too. Like... That's the, oh, other, yeah. that's the other reason oh, yeah. I don't you think... You can pull chunks out of the wall and yeah. fling them. That's the nice thing is, like, one of the things that, uh, like, a lot, of, a lot of games that have, like, this, the telekinetic, like, grab an object and throw it thing, like, you're, li- you're limited by the fact that, like, you have to find a thing and target it and grab it. Yep. In this, if you haven't targeted something specific, she'll just rip a chunk out of the floor and, and throw it. And they'll auto-target it. Yeah. yeah. And that was really smart, actually. Making the supernatural powers auto-target so mm-hmm. you don't have to actually aim them. It allows you to freestyle a lot more when you're in skirmishes, and I, I think it was a really smart move. Um, I think one of the big concerns is the game's length. Um, I saw on YouTube that somebody has already finished the game in about five and a half hours, which yeah. means which is, it's probably about ten hours. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's a speed run, no question. I mean, I, I think if you do everything, it's probably ten to fifteen, which is about as long as a game like this should be. Yeah, I could see by the end of that. 10, 12 hours, I'll probably be ready to move yeah. on. I mean, it is it is pretty strongly uh, a Metroidvania in a lot of ways, and that's about yeah, you as, use the map about as long lot. as I want to play that. You, you, use the, you have to use the map a lot in this game. You just tap up mm-hmm. on the D-pad, and, it come, and you can toggle it on and off. Uh, but you have to, it's like a Metroid. You have to constantly look at the map. You, you do know where you need to go, usually. It's not like a secret. Like, hey, like, yeah. it's not like Metroid sometimes gives you an, obs- an obtuse, like, clue, and you have to figure out where you want to mm. go. This tells you where you need to go. Yeah, although it doesn't guide you. Right. Like, you have to, you have to no figure out how to point. get there. Yeah. But it will just tell you, like, go to the executive wing or, like, go to the mailroom or whatever early on. And, and, like, you just have to find your way there. Um, so there's no, like, objective markers or anything nope. like that. You just have to go do it. Checkpoints can be a little brutal in this game, too. Yeah, like, it, it pays to uh, 
checkpoint properly, although it does save anything you pick up and anything yeah. you do. You don't have to go meanwhile. pick up a collectible again. Um, like, yeah. And it also is smart enough to not repeat dialogue most yep. of the time. So yeah. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate not making me listen to the same conversation over and over. But there are some checkpoints where you have to get through like two big battles before it actually mm-hmm. saves the checkpoint. And if you die, you have to fight those same two battles over again. So... It's, it doesn't hold your hand, I yeah. guess. And some although, people may appreciate that. Although that still means you get more materials and more, you know, upgrade yep. stuff. I mean, you keep all the stuff you get off the enemies you kill before you die. So. Yep, you do. Absolutely. Um, but I think the be- if I could sum this up in a sentence, it's PsyOps 2019. Yeah. With a better story. With better everything, really. Well, yeah, I, I mean, mean, like I said, 2019. Yeah. It has all the trappings of a 2019 game, but it's essentially PsyOps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the fluidity of the gunplay and the way the the paranormal or whatever you want to call it powers are handled way better than they mm-hmm. were in psyops was kind of awkward to play like you could eventually get to a point where you just got really good and you could do stuff quickly in this game you get to that point much faster um i felt like i had a pretty good handle on the combat mechanics in this within like an hour and a half or two hours yeah which with psyops i think even at the end of psyops like on some of the boss battles i still felt like i wasn't quick enough with some of the commands like to be able to do what i needed to do yeah, psyops definitely had a uh, clunky problem it did yeah um but this, and it was also like just it was novelty to it then because we, there, you know physics was sort of new yeah i mean it's like hey we got ragdoll in yeah. here let's do something with it just throw dudes around it's, yeah. it's okay you know it's, it's like how when minority, minority report came out on the n64 i think everyone in the office just played that first level throwing guys through plate glass windows oh, yeah, in the lobby yeah. for like <laughs> an hour and then never touched it again yeah well that that was smart because the rest of the game was trash yeah. Uh, but look, both of us are really enjoying Control. Would you recommend it at a full price purchase? Um, I mean, probably if you value like story and production value and all that well, and you don't mind a, like a you know a standard campaign length, because um, I feel like uh, they're not going to be like a whole lot of DLC for this. Probably not. Um, you know, there's no multiplayer. There's no anything to extend anything except like playing it again. Yeah. Um, which I would be which fine could, doing because it's a fun toy. Yeah, and you can also but, change the powers and your upgrades and play it a little differently if you want to. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I bought it and I don't I don't regret it so far. I think the problem though, like I've been working on uh, the next month's dossier with Vincent over the last few days, and seeing what's coming next month. It, it maybe is a little hard for me to recommend this as a full purchase because there's like six or seven like gigantic games. Yeah, coming I mean next September's month. pretty stacked, uh, and we do have Astral Chain coming at the end of the which week, is getting which sky is getting high huge reviews. reviews. I mean, it's yeah. also platinum, so that's sort of a given. Like I don't yeah. know how much you know. I mean, the comparisons to Nier Automata are nice, but like again, uh, there's been a lot of platinum games that got praised to high heaven that I'm like I play it and I'm like I don't get it. Yeah, but like. Looks I mean, cool. Bayonetta on some levels to me. Some agree, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I like the combat in it, but the rest of Transformers it. Transformers Devastation. Yeah. I, mean, I don't get it. I mean, <laughs> I like it because of what it is, but yeah. it's like, I'm like, this game is so repetitive. and It's like yeah. three areas. And like, I remember when I, I wrote the gaming vow for that for Sifted, a lot of people were pushing back on me about it. Because it's like, it's platinum. It can't be that. And I'm like, it is. No, it is. It really is. It really, like, yeah. They don't, they have uh, like several Believe teams. me, I am the target freaking audience yeah. for that game. And I'm like, this is it? Like, this stuff is cool too, by the way. The the shows that play on yeah. TVs, they're crazy. Yeah, they really put a lot of effort in like the live action stuff. There's a there's a 
a puppet show. Yeah, like oh, that is show. so bizarre. Weird as hell. It creeps me yeah. out. It's great though. There's some good stuff in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just it's just tucked away. Like, I'd like to see some. I'd like to see some making of feature at some. Yeah, yeah. Or something. I, yeah, I hope they. Sure. I hope they do some like behind the scenes things. Yeah. I, so for me, these guys really no one. I mean. For all the similarities their games have, no one else really makes games the way Remedy does. Um, like there's, they, no, just, they do have a style, like whether you like it or not, and whether it sells or not. Alan Wake. It doesn't um, really. That's the problem. Yeah, maybe in part because of how. There's the satisfying short they melee are. I was yeah. talking about. Yeah, melee's good. <laughs> it just shatters into like a billion pieces. Um, I don't know. It's hard for me to recommend this at full price. Between the fact that there's so much good stuff coming in the next few yeah. weeks, I mean, I would say, and basically, it's kind of short. I would say if you think what we've been talking about sounds interesting, yeah, you should get it. Yeah, like yeah. it's, it's, uh, there's not, it's not like the other things coming out are going to be replacements for this. No, they're just going to be other things that are worth playing. I, I also think it's a per that's a good point actually. I also think it's a perfect game for. The adults among us who are mm -hmm. who are at this place where they're like, you know what? I never finish games. I wish more games were 10 to 15 hours long, so I actually got the satisfaction of completing them right. for once. This is a perfect game for those people. Yeah. Because literally... Because you can. Yeah. You play it off and on for a couple of weeks, you're going to finish it. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you play two hours a day, you're going to finish it in a week. So um, in that way, I think it's maybe a good fit for older players. Plus, it's kind of heady anyway, and I think will appeal to someone who's maybe a little older yeah. or more sophisticated. And if you like David Lynch, that kind of like Twin Peaks kind of thing... Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting if you're into SCP Foundation. <laughs> they made an SCP Foundation game. I mean, that's literally what this is in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. the, like I would be shocked if this was if that was not an influence on this game. Yeah. And so. by the way, the B-roll we've been showing you of this, uh, the first piece of B-roll was stuff that Remedy put out, and then this other stuff has all been from the beginning of the game. So we mm -hmm. haven't spoiled anything for you guys. Uh, we always try to take care of you guys in that way. But that's Control. I mean, I'm only like an hour and a half in. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm a good bit farther than that. But I think both of us, based upon what we played, would recommend it for a purchase for the right people. But I would also mm -hmm. recommend maybe wait for Dossier to come out here in a day or two uh, to get a look at the landscape for next month. And if, you have to, if you're on a budget and you're like, I can only buy like one game a month or whatever, then maybe you might want to just pause for a sec. Unless you haven't bought a game this month. Right. Which is which quite case, possible, because yeah. <laughs> it was not a good month. I've never been so happy for Q4 to show up as I am right now with all these games coming out. It's why we're going to be able to do a show next Thursday and mm -hmm. then one the following Tuesday, because there's just a ton of good stuff coming out. And maybe by then I'll play Remnant a little bit, too, and see if... Uh, yeah, I mean, I can throw myself back at it again. I was just so... Put off. We well, also have this to play instead. Yeah, so it's true. like, why would you? But I'd be. I'm mo the only interesting thing to me about Remnant is I'm curious what you would think of it as like kind of a Dark Souls with training wheels, like sort a of gateway thing. drug yeah. into Dark Souls. Okay, I'll I'll try to give it a spin. But anyway, that's Control. Matt and I will finish it probably next Thursday. We'll give our final impressions after we finish the game I would think and so, wrapped yeah. it up. So uh, I'm gonna try. I'm basically trying to finish it by Friday so I can play Astral Chain. Ah, uh, yeah. How about the reviews for that? Yeah, unfortunately, I apologize. We're not going to be able to discuss Astral Chain on today's show. We don't get Nintendo review code until, like, the day before the games yeah. come out. So I'm not going to get that. For a while, I was under the delusion that it came out today. But, yeah, uh, because it, the reviews came out so early. Yeah. yeah, it comes out Friday. And a launch trailer went up yesterday yeah, and all yeah, this. Yeah. I was like, oh, it must be like it. Like, no. Nope. Yeah. So that comes out on Friday. I'll probably get the code on Thursday morning when I'm getting on the plane to go mm -hmm. back to the East Coast. So, um Chances are, though, I'll probably be able to download it right before I leave and put, get it on my Switch and play it on the plane. Mm -hmm. So I should be able to 
have some pretty decent impressions for you guys. Yeah, it's not that big. Oh, I already, it's I already not? preloaded it. It didn't take very long. Oh, really? Even by Switch standards, yeah. yeah. Every Switch game's like two gigs. No, this one's more than that, but like it was like, you know, Marvel took like an hour. Yeah. This one it's was pretty faster. insane, though, how small the file sizes are on Switch well, games. They have to be. I mean, yeah, they have to be. And also the textures, which Till is. Till The what, Witcher. Yeah, right. Because the textures is really what takes up yeah. a lot of the space. And because the Switch doesn't have really crazy high resolution textures, they can fit mm-hmm. a lot of stuff on a card. So. Anyway, there you go. That's Control. It's available now for PC, PS4, Xbox One, full priced at sixty bucks. Yep. Um, Matt and I both recommend it, but we would say just do a little bit of investigation first. Yeah. Also, because like, I mean, I don't want to jinx the game or anything, but like, this thing's going to be thirty bucks at Black Friday. It will be. I mean, if you're not super interested, it's going to be half price around holiday time. I was surprised to see that Five Hundred Five Games, which is the publisher of this game, which is crazy because it's just like a little indie mm-hmm. publisher. Only had to give Remedy $7 million to publish a game. Wow. That's not a lot. <laughs> no, that's that's pennies yeah. in game development, in the games industry. So uh, hopefully it works out well for 505. It would be nice to see a small publisher go out on a limb and invest money yeah. like this and have it come back and pay them back. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what their expectations would be for this, but, like, yeah, you never know. I mean, sometimes we see these games like Darksiders 3 where it's like, oh, that was a bomb. They're like, nope, it's exactly what we thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's yeah. like, okay. It's I all mean, about their expectations. Sure. So hopefully it does well for them. We'll see. Uh, moving on, we're going to talk next about a sports game. I know how much you guys love that. I'm going to go over here. <laughs> uh, there was a demo up all weekend for NBA 2K20. It was on all platforms. I think it might even still be up. It was like a big Gamescom announcement. Um, and I, had not, I have not played an NBA 2K game for a while. It's been probably three years since I played NBA 2K. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I felt it was probably time for me to check in on the franchise and see how much it's changed and how much it's evolved and if it's still amazing. Because the last time I played it, it was amazing. Uh, My biggest complaint with this series, going all the way back to like the Dreamcast days, is that there have been recurring bugs in this franchise that for whatever reason they can never seem to get rid of. And one of them that it happened for literally over a decade was players on your team would run out of bounds. And when you would throw them the ball, they'd be standing out of bounds. Hmm. So I did not experience that in this game. So that's to me, that is a huge deal. That's a bug that has persisted at Visual Concepts forever. Yeah, I remember that on the Dreamcast. And it, it, it went on for over a decade. It appears they finally got it out of the game, which is great. Um, and in all honesty, Matt, this game blew my mind. I, I, it, I know it sounds crazy, but again, I haven't played it for a few years. Um, what they offered in the demo wasn't much, to be fair. They gave you the ability to create your, your, your player, like your my career player, who's going to eventually be in this, in like the single player uh, campaign. You could not actually play the single player campaign, though. You could create that player that will be mm-hmm. in it, and it will carry over to the final game. But... All you could do after that was just play a game with that mm-hmm. character on a team. You could play the full game. So I just kept playing the game over and over and over again just to get a handle on how the game plays. And holy crap, man. What blew my mind the most about this game is how little you have to do. So it used to be, if you remember the old NBA 2K games, like you had to hold R1, and that would get you in like your breakdown stance to like box people out under the basket. And there were all these things where you had to hold a shoulder button and then hit another button to do things. And they have just figured out a way to con- where everything is like automated. So 
you can basically just use the analog stick to navigate through players like in the paint or even out on the perimeter and your your player just automatically does what he should be doing it is insane like i didn't use hardly any buttons playing this game and your player will just maneuver through groups of other players doing what he's supposed to like if he gets to a player and one of his other players has the ball and he's coming by he'll just automatically stop and set a pick um if the player with the ball is dribbling and you go into a crowd of players, your player will kind of spin off of the players and then put his hand up looking for like a break. It's crazy. Hmm. Like I just got to the point where I didn't even care like who was winning the game. I just started messing with like what you could do with the players. Uh, I've never seen anything like this in a sports game. Like Madden has these very awkward transition animations where it's just like kind of jerky. And in, in some cases, like players will just teleport from like one move to another. All of that is just butter in this game. It's really impressive. And again, I haven't played it for a few years. I don't know if this was a point of emphasis over the last several years, but it's night and day from the last time I played this franchise. <laughs> the shooting feels amazing. There's, I like that there's multiple ways to do things. Like if you're an old schooler and you just want to shoot with a button, you can do that. And it's all timing based. There's a little meter that shows up and it shows you a sweet spot of, of when you're holding the button and when you're supposed to release it. But the best way to shoot in this is using the analog stick. And in the old games, you remember you have to hold down and then go up. In this, you just hold down and just release it. Hmm. And it just feels so right. Like, I, again, I haven't played this for a few years. I totally see where people now are just totally hooked on this game and why it's become so gigantic. Um, <laughs> what you're seeing right now is the character creation I was talking about a little bit earlier the ways that you can upgrade your character it's mind-boggling it just goes on forever like it took me like 20 minutes to create my character because there's so many different attributes that you can assign to your character and again if the demo's still up and you go through this whole process when you're done with that character it will be in the final game as well you can bring that character over to the final game and then other than that it had a uh, like a training Thing where you just practice jump shots or dribbling or whatever and the tutorial was insane even like it did a really good job of teaching me like the ins and outs of the game i was just really impressed with it um initially i didn't even know if we were going to talk about it on the show i was just going to give it a whirl and the more i started playing it, i was like oh no i need to tell people about this i need people need to know how good this game is, how well this game is shaping up so Again, we don't talk about sports games very often on Game Face. I know most of you guys don't give a crap about them, and therefore we generally tend to avoid them. Uh, but there are, like, a couple games each year that I feel like needs at least to be mentioned. Madden's one of them, and I think this is the other one. And maybe FIFA. Mm -hmm. we, we really don't ever talk about FIFA, though. <laughs> sorry, sorry, folks <clears throat> in Europe. Um, maybe this year we will. But uh, I was really impressed with NBA 2K20. Again, the demo might be there if you want to play it. I played it on PS4, on a PS4 Pro. I can definitely see, except for the camera being way more dynamic, I could definitely see someone coming in and not realizing this is a game. Oh, it's unreal, dude. It is unreal. Like, you can see me. I'm number four there. And I'm just like, look, I'm not hitting any buttons. Everything that number four is doing right there is just happening. I'm not hitting any buttons. Like, he just works his way through the players in the lane all on his own. And it looks completely real. So, kudos. This game looks hot. Um, I may actually, like play this game meaning like get into it and like try to become good at it yeah I'm, I, I mean i'm interested basketball is like my least favorite major sport like i just don't it's baseball for me i don't get it yeah like like i don't know basketball's next so for me the hierarchy 
football and hockey are very close. One year I'll pick one or the other, but then it goes basketball, then baseball. I mean, baseball, and then pro- probably soccer. Baseball's probably my favorite. Just Actually, I think I may like soccer more than baseball now. I like I soccer. I mean, I like soccer and baseball probably the most, just because that's what I played ah, growing up. Makes sense. Um, I mean, I played basketball like like in in the park and stuff. You know, I, I didn't play in a league. I played the others like you know in leagues. I never I never played this as a league, just like pick up stuff and like stuff on the playground, which I was terrible at. Which is probably why I don't <laughs> like it because I know like there's no fantasy fulfillment here because I'm just like nah, I could never be anything yep. of, of any kind like with this. Well, if you can't dunk. That just takes you down yeah. a notch immediately. I mean, I could shoot like three yeah. f- three pointers, but like other than that, like I just was not agile and. Matt, like, I would love enough. to play some basketball with you. In no. fact, I think if we shot footage of you and I playing one on one basketball, it might be the most watched sifted video ever. No, I'm not even I, kidding. I think I, it might be. The footage wouldn't come out because it would be so white. Everything <laughs> would just blur, blend. It into would like, blow out yeah, the lens. You just couldn't see anything. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Burko was uh, in L.A. a couple weeks ago, and I went out and had lunch with him, and uh, they took a photo of us. His his uh, wife took a photo of us, and he posted it on Twitter, and it, the first thing I noticed when I looked at it was that my legs were literally, like, reflective white. Mm. <laughs> it was insane. And I, I, then I, uh, I commented on him, like, who has the whiter legs? And I definitely had the whiter legs. My legs haven't seen the sunshine in way, way too long. Yeah, well, owning your own business makes you something of an indoor boy. It definitely does, absolutely. So anyway, that's NBA 2K20. We're never going to spend a ton of time on sports games, but I definitely wanted to get it on your radar. Um, those of you who are watching this, if you watch like the replay, again, when we show this footage, watch number four. That's me controlling a character. I'm not hitting any buttons. And just watch that player and what he does as he goes down the court. He reacts to everything exactly how he should. It's mind-blowing to me. So the, the amount of work... That went into that. It's just see, watch him. Like I'm not doing anything. He's just constantly reacting to all the players. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So there you're you right. Go. There's no like Madden style like jump to animation nope. back and forth. It's all butter, man. It's it's really impressive what they've done. Again, they've been doing this for what 20 years now. They should be yeah. good at it. But I don't. If you're it's hard to believe it started with just 2K. I know. No, no number. I know. If you're EA, how, why do you even try? There's no way you're going to beat this game. For the most part, they don't. That's their problem. Yeah, I mean, that is in the like, problem. In, like, everything. <laughs> it's funny. I saw people on Twitter talking about, like, so is Battlefront 2, like, equal to Battlefront 2 now? Like, the old Battlefront right. 2? I mean, in my no. opinion, no. <laughs> it's not. Like, I think in, until you add Galactic Conquest, it ain't. Yeah. Because I love that mode. I'd agree um, with that. But, uh, like, the thing where you take over the planet. It's a single-player mode, so they, EA probably didn't care about it. But, like... Um, like they just—I mean—that's why they had to get the NFL license con- exclusive because otherwise they're going to compete with these guys. Yeah, imagine and these, if guys these guys were guys... whooping their butts. Oh yeah, imagine if these guys were still making NFL games. Oh yeah, imagine how much better that would be. What was the last year? Two thousand five? Was that the last year for NFL two K five? Sounds right. Yeah, and that game was amazing. It's like the best NFL two K ever. I think there are people who still play it. To this surprise day. me. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, I put in because when I hooked all my old systems up uh, in the new house, because I suddenly had two rooms for it, um, I put in. I still have an NFL 2K, and I put that in. It still looks pretty good. Like it's not, you know, for the time, like it's it's smooth. Oh, at the time, it was mind blowing. Mind blowing. Like yeah, it was 60 frames a second. Oh, like, it was ridiculous. Yeah. It, hands down, at the time, the best football game ever. Not even close. So anyway, there you go. NBA 2K is coming out pretty soon. Um, training camp for the NBA and the NHL isn't too far off, and usually that's right around the time that it comes out. So keep an eye on it. If you like basketball, I highly recommend downloading the demo if it's still up there. All right.
It's time to move on. We're going to go from basketball to Nazis, Matt. That's a, that's a very different sport. <laughs> a smooth segue. A different sport. <laughs> so this week, Bethesda. Mavis Beacon teaches punching. Here yeah. we go. <laughs> yeah. So this week, Bethesda uh, put out a statement stating that it, it's it's bothered by the fact that some people are offended by killing Nazis. And it it seemed to allude to the idea that the alt-right Nazi people are the reason why their games aren't selling. Yeah, I mean, it is true that there are an, an inexplicable number of people who seem to have a problem with killing Nazis or think that killing Nazis makes the game political. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, I mean, I guess you're technically not wrong, but like... Nazis, zombies, and aliens are like the three safe enemies. Yeah, in video that's, games. that's like the, the trinity always, of safe yeah, enemies. <laughs> no, no one has a problem with this. That was always the truth. And honestly, I'm surprised we got to Nazis before zombies. Yeah. Like, yeah, you'd I, think that people would care about zombies before Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, undead Americans. Yeah. But it's, I mean, so on one hand, yes, I agree with them that, like, that is stupid. It is. On the other hand, um, I don't think Youngblood or New Colossus sold any worse than all your other games that don't sell very well that aren't called Elder Scrolls or Fallout. So I really don't think that's the key. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, Bethesda just has a lot of trouble selling the games that aren't called that aren't Bethesda in-house. Bethesda to soft, soft. What's the name of the? I mean, Elder Scrolls. What's the name of the in-house? That's what I mean. Like the the, the Bethesda Studios, is yeah. that what they're called? Bethesda Game Studios. Bethesda Game Studios. Like those games sell, you know, like yeah. well, not, except Fallout 76. But yeah. Like, that was also like a, a cooperation. And Doom. I mean, Doom does fine. Yeah. Um, everything else. But everything else just, no matter how good it is, like it's, yeah, it's the, they don't make bad games. They just don't, they make really good games. They yeah. They just don't sell. I mean, I don't Prey know. Prey should have sold way more than it did. I mean, I know. I mean, I would argue that almost all of Bethesda's games should probably sell more than they do. Yeah. I don't think they're good enough to sell what they're selling of their other franchises. No, like I mean, Elder Scrolls none of these are going to be 10 million sellers, yeah. 10 million plus sellers like the, like Fallout and Elder Scrolls, but like, I mean, Prey, I could could have seen five. You yeah. know, I could have seen something. Yeah, it could, deserved. Yeah, almost everything they put out deserves five. You know, the Wolfenstein games are great. I love the Wolfenstein games. I love Doom. Like the yeah. new Doom is fantastic. Like I, I think that one actually did sell pretty well. Do you think um, we've reached Nazi fatigue? Because look, we've been killing Nazis for a I long time. I mean, I am time. tired of Nazis. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but I'm not tired of Wolfenstein. Yeah, like, I, Wolfenstein just it just feels and plays great. Oh yeah. I mean, honestly, you could make you could have me kill whatever the hell you want to kill in Wolfenstein, and I'd be happy. I mean, yeah. similar to Doom, it's like I'm just killing demons. That's cool. I, yeah. do, I mean, if you make a, a shooter that feels that good, I'm gonna kill whatever you put in whatever front of me. Whatever you put in there. <laughs> um, but I like the themes of Wolfenstein, and I like the alternate world of like liberating you know the world from these like you know super diesel punk high tech Nazis with super suits and stuff. I mean, that's weird robotic I'm into it. creatures. Like, it's cool. Yeah. You know, that's, that's Wolfenstein. Yeah. yeah. And they've updated it really well, and they've, like, made it an interesting sort of, like, meditation on the, you know, BJ is a shockingly introspective character for someone who started out as just a really angry head at the bottom of a screen, and uh, it's, it's cool. I like Why it. Why is it not selling, though? It's not, why is any, it's not because there are, like, too no. many Nazi sympathizers. Why, is, why don't any of Bethesda's games sell? Like, like why, why didn't Prey sell? Why, why doesn't uh, Dishonored sell? 
Dishonored's great. It is great. I mean, it's not a, I can, I'm not a super fan of it, but it's like... I, I don't... can see why Dishonored doesn't sell. Because it has this very kind of drab color palette. It doesn't look exciting. That's but, true. But yeah. with Prey... That's not the case. But part of it is also like everyone. I mean, I've ended up with a lot of extra copies of Dishonored too. Uh, for whatever reason, if you go to almost any event for a, for like a couple of years after that game came out, you got Dishonored two in the bag. <laughs> yeah. like, Packers party because they had like, like billions of them. of them. They had to get but rid like, of. Them. But like a bunch of different events I went to, even like only tangentially game related, like there was a Dishonored two copy somewhere. Well, remember and I, I gave give... that copy from Packers party to Sam. Yeah, <laughs> and I would give them to people because I'm like, I'm, you know, I already have it. What do I need to? And every one of them would come back like, wow, this game is great. I didn't know that like this yeah. game was so great. I'm like, yeah. They only gave it a try because they got it for free. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I, I don't know but what. But looking at it. I don't know what the trick is. It here, doesn't look fun or exciting. Prey, I thought, did. Prey did. I don't cool. know what happened Also, there. Prey has one of the best soundtracks yeah. in a long time. I mean, I, I guess you have to like a certain kind of music for it. But like, I was, yeah. I'm super into that game soundtrack. I think the immersive sim in general just isn't a big seller. I mean, I think there's definitely a cap on that. I gotta hate that term. That term, it's immersive so sim, because it's not either thing. No, it's really. Not. It's, not, <laughs> it's not immersive because nothing is. Every game is immersive. Like, that's what it, it's like. What, it's like it's like the people that like take like role playing. You have to play a role. I'm like, okay, then in Pong, I play the role of a paddle. <laughs> Everything's an RPG. Everybody just needs a term to like pigeonhole something into. It makes it yeah. easier to discuss stuff. Because when I say immersive I like, sim, everybody knows what yeah. I'm talking well, about. Well, yeah. Well, no, I didn't even know what that word that was until like a couple years ago. I uh, never heard it called. I that. mean, it is it's kind stupid. of a recent thing. Well, it's also like it's a niche genre, like you said, and like most people don't t- even talk about them, so they don't need a word for it. They just say that game. It's like Deus Ex. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like System Shock, right? If, if you're an old school person, or uh, Bioshock, yeah. And, and people make fun of me for for hating that term, but it's like, well, you got people out here that are trying to shut down Metroidvania 20 years after yeah, it started yeah. being used. So I'm going to go ahead and continue to hate immersive sim. Thank you. Um, but I don't know. I mean, this is this this is like a weird. Oh, Veritas in chat brings up a good point. Rage Two didn't sell well either. Yeah, that's true. That's also very And that's true. not an immersive sim. That's just a crazy... That's just an action game. That is yeah. a crazy, over-the-top action shooter that yeah. actually does look fun and exciting. But you know what? We both forgot about it, didn't we? We did. We didn't even bring it up. What is that? I don't know. Someone else in chat, uh, Veritas, yeah, he also said that all their games look and feel the same. Yeah, but so do Ubisoft's, and they, they sell do. like crazy. Yeah. So what's the secret? Like, yeah, what's I don't the know. Difference? I mean, this is maybe a weir- it's how they're marketing them or where this they're is a weird thing ads. to say. I mean, I th- feels to me like you say this about the about the Nazi thing to uh, basically like get attention, like basically, right? Like, yeah. Know, no, no PR is bad PR. Um, so like you know, you can get get people riled up about it. At least they're talking about the game. Because um, look, they just put out. Wolfenstein Youngblood. Yeah. And I my guess is it is absolutely tanking. Yeah, even at that price. Right. So it may be a case where they're like, you know what, we gotta stir up something. Like yeah. we just released this game, we've sold none of them. Yeah, we gotta we gotta like I mean And it is another game where you kill Nazis. Yeah, so. Come kill Nazis is <laughs> yeah. not a bad pitch as far as <laughs> yeah. I'm concerned. Um yeah. You know, because you got to do something when there's no protest on it. Exactly, right? yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's puzzling. But I think it plays. I'm sure Bethesda's more flummoxed than we oh, are. I'm sure. They're like, but what it do we got to do? The, it plays into what we, I mean, we've been talking about this for years, literally years. Like, why don't Bethesda's non-Bethesda Game Studios games sell better? Yeah. Um, and, like, you you understood why when they were putting out stuff like Wet. Yeah. But, like. Or working on Battle or working Cry. Working on Battle Cry. Or what was the other, um. God, what was the other thing? There was, um, did they do, they, 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 they didn't do, uh, was it, what was that shooter, the competitive shooter? 
uh, began with a B. It was one word. It wasn't breach. It was. Uh, I don't know. Brink. It's, it's a, oh, was brink. It brink. Was that Bethesda? Was that them? I don't or was think that, so. Like, was that someone else? It was. It was definitely East Coast. I can't yeah. remember who made that. No, I thought it was made in Europe. Brink. Brink. I thought. Think. I think thought that was the East Coast. No, I thought it was like um, Funcom or something made that. Maybe it was. Yeah, I could probably look it up. Brink. It's someone be- else it's mentioned. Beautiful so, having the internet. Majora Tom also mentioned Brink. I think they published it. Hmm. Let me take a look. Actually, I don't even know if we have that like added to sifted yet. To be Rogue Warrior is another. I mean, Rogue Warrior was a weird ask. Rogue Warrior, you could finish in like ten minutes or something. I remember, if I remember right. Yeah, I don't think we even have. Oh no, we do have it. Bethesda, you're yeah. right. Splash damage. Splash damage. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, they're the ones who made enemy Tedro quick wolves. Yes. <laughs> Which they would say over and over when they talked about Brink. But. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what it is, but Bethesda blaming it on the rise of alt-right psychos is just the biggest cop-out ever. Yeah, like, I mean, it's it's definitely a phenomenon, but I don't think it's a phenomenon that like impacts I mean, it's weird and it freaks me out that there are that game. many people that are like that, but oh, it has absolutely. nothing to do with the sales of their games. No, because then it's like, what? so what was the problem with Prey? Like, right. people don't like killing slime spiders? Yeah. Like that was, you know, it's not a... <laughs> That's not a There thing. is something endemic to these these releases that are not Elder Scrolls and Fallout, and, I, and they, they need to figure out what it is. It's, it's Especially because they don't have an Elder Scrolls or a Fallout coming for a long, long time. time. I mean, it's got to be where they're advertising or who they're advertising yeah. to. And you know what's going to be real interesting Like, is Starfield. Yeah. To see if Starfield sells like a Fallout game or if Starfield sells like everything else they put out. I mean, another part of it, too, is that the games that are developed by their in-house studio get a lot of hype. Yeah. I mean, they're on every list. Like, there's stuff that isn't developed by those teams. Like, Say what you will about Todd Howard, coverage. but he moves product. He does. Like, I mean, he got people to buy Fallout 76. Yeah. So <laughs> he's like a master marketer. Uh, so I don't know. Like, I think it's... It, it bothers me that Bethesda did this. I have He's a, in the master market. All right, the there partner. he is. <laughs> it bothers me that Bethesda did this. I have a lot of respect for Bethesda because I know yeah. them. I know them personally. Like I know their their head of PR. Like I w- I was at her house one time, hanging out with like her kids and her dog. Like I know these people, mm-hmm. and I know they've been in the industry a long time. I know they get it. I just it's perplexing. Yeah, to I say mean, the I, least. I know a lot of Bethesda people. I like them. You know, they're they're people that that we wave to each other when we see each other on the floor at E3 or yeah. whatever. Uh, I like pretty much everything they put out. Like I, I do too. Yeah, like it's I, all good usually. Yeah, like the last game they put out that I didn't like was probably Wet. You know, well like, it was Fallout seventy six for me. Well, okay, I didn't buy that because <laughs> Todd didn't get me on that one. Yeah, um, <laughs> you were one of the few. But uh, I'm waiting for Starfield. Yeah, but, uh, or. Elder Scrolls if I live that I, long. Look, I think Starfield will be gigantic. I just do. Like, I can just tell. Like, I mean, they need it to be. It would be nice for them to have a third pillar, but the problem is, like, it's one studio making all three of them. I know. Like, they need... I mean, Doom is fine. Doom works. Yep. But, like, clearly Doom is, is a hit. But it's going to sell five, six million, probably. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what the numbers were for the first one. And, I, I mean, they got, a, they, they got a good thing going with Nintendo. I'm, I'm sure they're getting paid by Nintendo to put all these games on the Switch. Yep. Which is exactly how... They should be. I mean, that's yep. great. Well, they're one of the few third-party publishers who figured it out and yeah. actually got on board. So yeah. hopefully that pays off for Bethesda, but, man. Maybe get on board one... with uh, – I assume they are on board with Stadia if they can get, like, that new market over in, in Asia. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot, already... That's a lot of new money for oh, them. Oh, they've already announced uh, Doom Eternal yeah. for it. and Yeah, so they're so on. So that's, that's a good revenue stream for them. That's all, you know, 
There's 200 million potential new customers to have not played Fallout or Elder Scrolls or Skyrim. I mean, you can still Skyrim to so many more people again. I mean, Skyrim has probably outsold all these games we just showed. Since, since these games came out. Yeah. I bet you they've sold more copies of Skyrim. Of those games. It's possible, yeah. I mean, obviously for less money. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but still, it's pretty crazy to think about. I mean, what is Bethesda's last hit is like Fallout 4. Yeah. That's its last mega hit. Pretty much, That yeah. was a lot. That I mean, was like unless, when um, Sifted just started. Like, unless you count, like, Fallout Shelter. Right. Or, like... Yeah, the mobile stuff. They do yeah. pretty well on I mean, mobile. Blades is apparently doing pretty well. Yeah. And, look, I'm not railing on them because they haven't had a ton of success. I'm railing on them because they're trying to use, a, the as the lower third says, the worst excuse ever mm. for poor sales. Well, I think, I think they were literally just saying, like, hey, if we say this, we'll get some some traction and people talk about it. We are. Some of the people, Here we are. Some of the people who talk <laughs> about it are going to buy the game. So maybe so. We, we're the, they got the last laugh on us, I guess. Because here we are sitting talking about it, doing probably exactly what they wanted us Howard! to do. Howard! <laughs> <laughs> right. Got us. Yeah. Got us again. Yeah, he did. He And he's going to keep getting me until I probably oh, yeah. die. Until, or until... he dies first. Who knows? We're about the same age, I think. No, Todd Howard is eternal. <laughs> he, he is. And he is also much healthier than I am. Yes. So he's, he's definitely going to outlast me. He also have a lot, has a lot more money to make sure he lives longer than me. So... <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, we're going to talk next about a little game that released. And I remember when this game was first announced and we got the debut trailer for mm-hmm. it. I was like, whoa, like, holy cow, that looks freaking cool. And then it just kind of disappeared. I mean, it, it was still around because I, I, I followed this one because I was interested. And, and the first game was uh, the, the only time I've ever stumped sifted. Because you didn't have a page for it, right? When I when I picked it as my favorite indie game of the year, well, that's right. Yeah, the first Rebel Galaxy. But this is way so. different. Rebel oh, Galaxy. No, it's very Outlaw. different. So the so Rebel Galaxy One was like a capship game. It was it was like um, it was basically like someone took the gameplay from the the ships in the Assassin's Creed games and turned it into a spaceship game. Uh, you couldn't go up and down. There was no Z axis. You just sort of flew around on a on a two D plane in this uh, giant ship, and when you had a fight, you did like broadsides, and it was like it was like a like a like a ship battle in Assassin's Creed. Uh, now, and the the hook of it was that it took place in this sort of like weird like rock rockabilly uni- like space universe, and like they had all these radio stations with like these like like I don't know what the genre term is for the music, but it's like. It's like electro country kind of. It's, it's crazy. Like it's like, it's like music. It's, that is a genre I've never heard ba- of. They're based in uh, they're based in Texas. The guy, the main guy who like does he's like the leader of the the team. It's not a very big team, and uh, it's uh, you never heard music like this before. It's it's like I definitely haven't. It's uh, electro country. I don't know what the real word for it is, but it's like it's great. It's it 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 sets the tone. It's like futuristic country. I, well, I hope it's better than that song that's huge right now. That's like country rap, country hip hop. Oh, that's no, totally totally. Because that song is terrible totally and it's different. gigantic. No, this is like weird. It's like electric country. It's it's. I don't know. What, I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> and um, it's uh, and so that was sort of Does the. Does that hook. have a slide guitar? That oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. there's a lot of it. There's okay. A, I mean, there's like there's 21 hours of music in, in the new game. Like, Whoa! The rate is rate all these different radio stations. Wait, I thought you said this was a small team. It is, but they they take this stuff seriously. Dang. So what happened was they so Rebel Galaxy Outlaw, the sequel, is not a capship game. It is a space fighter game, yeah. full 3D control, like Wing Commander. Like Wing Commander is clearly an influence here. Uh, now this is the game they wanted to make originally, but they were afraid. 
I think I said this on a previous episode, but they were afraid that Star Citizen would come out <laughs> and eat their lunch. So they made the cap ship game instead. And then they're like, well, apparently Star Citizen doesn't really exist. So we're just going to go ahead and make the game we wanted to make in the first place. And so here they've put out two games in the space in which Star Citizen has not done anything. So here we are now. They've made the game they wanted to make, which is a very, very much a distillation of Wing Commander, uh, Descent Free Space, um, Privateer, that kind of thing. Um, and this is one of the greatest things I've ever played in the genre. Wow! Like it, is, it is that. Wait, let's let's just pause there for a second. That's a big statement because well, this you play this genre. A lot. I do play a fair amount of it. Now, here's this, the dirty little secret is that most of the games in this genre are not very good. Right. Um, you've got TIE Fighter, you've got Wing Commander, you've got Free Space, and you've got a bunch of others that are just sort of also rands. Yeah. But this one, so since the space sim or space game, whatever you want to call it, since that came back with the advent of Kickstarter and you started seeing games like Starlight Inception and um, uh, that sort of thing. Starlight Inception, by the way, was like I guess the, probably the first real Kickstarter, like, you know, Wing Commander style game that went up. Uh, I backed the shit out of that game. And if you play Starlight Inception for some reason, it's not actually very good. Um, but you go into the, the main capital ship. My name is on a plaque wow. on the bridge. Wow. <laughs> because that's how high <laughs> I backed that thing. Because this is one of my favorite. This this, this, these games and fighting games are like my two favorite things. Yeah. And I've, I've been. That's why I say when you give praise to something like this, everybody should. I've been listen. trying to find basically something that will f fill the the gap of of heroin that TIE Fighter and Wing Commander were for me when I was, <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. This game is pretty close to, and there have been a lot of these games since then, but this is this game is the closest thing to what I, I wanted someone to make from the beginning as anything that's come out. Wow. This game is a distillation of Wing, the, the, how Wing Commander works, how Free Space worked, how um, Privateer worked. It is just... There is a story, there's, there's cutscenes, there's talking, there's a whole thing there, but at its heart, it is dogfighting, it is exploration, and it is trading, and that is it. That is all it does. It, it, is, it is here to do those three things and do them really well and also be a pretty good eight-ball simulator. Like if you pull? Pull. <laughs> so, again, like I said, the whole premise of this is that it's a Western. Like you are, you are a space trucker. Like you are literally hanging out with. Like this is what this is. It's space trucking and mining. Like the all of space is basically blue collar workers. Is what this uh -huh. is. And um, you play. So there's a prequel to the first game. You play, in the in the first game. You you you're like a youngish kid, twentyish, and you show up in space, and your aunt, who was kind of a notorious pirate slash smuggler slash space jockey has left you your first ship this big cap ship and she's sort of aunt juno is sort of like famous a little bit and you and you deal with her contacts and sort of so in this game you play juno okay like 30 years earlier as she she used to be a, a, a she used to be a player in the in the space game and then she settled down and then something bad happened and she's back 
presumably for vengeance or something. Uh-huh. So she has to get back in the game. So you, that's why you go to your old. She goes to her old contacts, and they give her a junker ship, which is what that is called. Called the platypus. It's basically that's a good name for a junker ship. It's basically a space <laughs> truck. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You can finish the game with this. Ship. Oh really? Like if you upgrade it well enough, you can finish it. I wouldn't recommend it. People are doing it as like a challenge thing because it's a crappy ship. But you can do it. Like it is viable. Huh. There are eight ships in the game. They are not cheap, but you can definitely get them with enough trade work and commodity trading. Or so here you see there she's in the bar. Every bar on every station is different. And has like weird little characters to talk to or bartenders to talk to, and they'll give you rumors and news and stuff, little things you can do, hidden stuff you can find. But bars tend to have games in them. So there's there is an eight ball simulator. Wow. A, you go and play eight ball and bet money. Like that's a way to make they're all a way to make money. So you can you can bet on eight ball, you can bet on dice, you can bet on cards, you can go play an arcade game. Now are there other human players playing no, against you? This is all it's all against player. AI. Okay. It's all AI. And uh, but there's all that stuff, so you can sp- actually spend a ton of time earning money by gambling at various games in the bar, um, which is. Bad. And then you flip all that money to buy ships, basically. You either buy ships or basically. Or, I mean, can you upgrade existing ships? Yeah, you can upgrade all different things. You can upgrade your weapons. You can upgrade your, your defense. You can add ECM. You can add better armor, better shields, better different kinds of guns. Better power plant. So, like one of the way, like adding more guns means that you you draw more gigajoules from your power plant, which means you can fire your guns for less time before they have to re recharge. Right. Um, you upgrade the power plant, you can do that for longer. If you upgrade the power plant and balance your stuff well enough, you can fire forever. Um, but that obviously you're using low powered weapons or weapons that use actual physical bullets, which take time to reload. Does that affect how your ship flies as well? If you take uh, power no. for the weapons, does it keep it from flying as fast? Uh, yeah, actually you can, yeah. especially if you get damaged. If you get The damage model in this is actually really detailed, so once you get through the shields and the, and the armor, you can have systems damaged. I've had things where like it doesn't fly up anymore, like the, the retro rockets that make you fly up, they're damaged, so I can't pull up. Oh, uh, okay. I have to like completely adjust right. my flight style. Uh, I've had it where it interrupts the interlinks on the guns, so the guns only go like they shoot like little tiny sporadically, which makes it a lot harder. And you can't get away; like you have to, you have to either fight. And if you're that damaged, your engines aren't working very well, so you're gonna have to either win or die. So what happens Um, if your ship is destroyed? You lose like the game over, and you start at your last save. Okay, Uh, so it's it auto saves. Every time you land, every time you take off. Okay. Um, which is m- pretty much more than enough. Now, when you land on a planet, is the bar the only thing you can go to? No, you can go to the... I mean, it's all menu-driven, but you can go to the equipment store and buy upgrades for your ship. You can go to the ship dealer. I mean, you all don't these... physically go there, though? You just choose it, and then you appear you there? You choose it, and she walks into the room. Okay. It's, like, it's like a adventure game yep. kind of thing. Uh, and then you can go... Uh, there's also the commodities market, so there is a trading. So every, every station has an economy... They have a price, high price, low price for whatever. You can see all this on your map. Once you visit a place, you can look it up in your st- sector chart and see what the prices are for everything and what they're selling and what they want. So you can actually go and pick things up and go uh, take, you know, do a bunch of trading and you know, buy low, sell high. Basically, I made I've made a ton of money doing that, like just through tr- basic travel. Do you have all the ships now, all eight? No, I don't even have. I only have two. Oh wow! Uh, so there, you can get five in the basic sp- stations, and then three of them you have to find through another faction. Oh, okay. Which I haven't done yet. Um, How long have you been playing this? I've been playing this about 10, 12 hours. And you only have two ships. Uh, well, I, I think I'm pretty sure you can finish the main story in like twenty hours. Okay. Um, maybe a little, maybe less. 
but I am obviously taking my time. I love like look, like you can milk look how dirty the windshield is. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I love when the, the light the, flashes on, and it. you can see like the, all the smears, all the all the the readouts and everything. Very Wing Commander, like using the green, like yeah, the, yeah. the green style and stuff. And when you first leave a planet or a, or, a, or a space station, she has to boot all this stuff up, and it's like it's like literally Windows three point one. It's all like blue. <laughs> it's like blue uh, screens and like like boot check and all this. Uh-huh. Stuff. It's it everything's just so ramshackle and barely held together with duct tape and spit, and I love it. Like, what would so you? Good. Is this cyberpunk? Uh, no, this is sci- sci-fi. It's, yeah. it's it's sci-fi with like a you know it's like Star Wars. Frankly, I mean Star Wars is a western in space. Yeah. For the most, for the most part, like you know Han Solo is literally a cowboy, if you look at his outfit. Um, so it's that kind of thing. It's like or uh, or I mean there's, there's a sensibility to it that I guess isn't too far off of something like Battlestar Galactica, where like it's you know space space combat space travel is kind of. Um, Old hat, I guess, like it's not treated as anything special by anybody in the game, um, which is like, I, I like that. I like the kind of like how you know, if you do something every day, day in day out, no matter how amazing it is, it becomes mundane. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which I think road. we know firsthand doing what we do in yeah, the game yeah. industry. Absolutely. There's a point at which you're like, I if I have to play one more free game, <laughs> I am gonna. You know, it's it's uh, it's just how it goes. Yeah. Um, so the aesthetic is great. The setting is great. I love all that. It's re- I mean, you would not know this is made by such a small team. It is so well polished. How much is it? It's thirty bucks. Thirty bucks, and it's, it's only, only PC right it's now. Only on the Epic Store on the PC right now. Uh oh! Yeah. Oh no! Look out! Dum. I sold out. <laughs> it's the, this is the first game I've bought on Epic Store. I created an account to buy it because I love the first one and I want to support this one. Uh, they have a PS4 and an Xbox One version coming. How long until that? They are? haven't said. Okay, they said soon, but what's so this? probably before the end of the year. I would think so, but who knows what soon means yeah. in this world? Usually, anymore. it means that. Quarter. You know what else is coming soon? Kentucky Route Zero Episode Five. <laughs> so touche. Um, now the other thing I should notice should, should notice should note is um, this game has some some of the most assists I've ever seen in a game. Period. So they know, this company clearly knows uh, that they, um, Double Damage is their name, uh, they know that a lot of people haven't played these games or haven't played them in a long time. So there is, in the same way that you said like NBA 2K20 kind of has that, that thing, so in this game, if, and you'll see it in some of the footage in the dogfighting, if you have a guy in your sights, like the red reticles around them, you hold, I highly recommend using a controller for this, not mouse and keyboard, not a joystick controller. Play it with a controller. They even say, "Play it with a controller." Like in the in the fact on their website, it says, "Can you use mouse and keyboard?" They're like, "Yes, we did that, but please just use a controller." Why? Like, <laughs> um, so the um, if you have a guy in your in your sights, you hold left trigger. It'll like lock the reticle on him, and the sh- your ship will follow him. Oh, your ship will, nice. will dogfight for you. Oh wow! Like you, you will never lose him. You, I mean, you, you I would mean, think spaceships should be able to do that. That's true. If we have I cars mean, that can drive on their own yeah. and people trust them so much, they'll now, fall asleep. Now at it's the not wheel. A, it's not an automatic win. You still have to aim. Yeah. But but the ship is gonna it's gonna it's keep gonna him. Follow it's gonna follow him. And, I mean, he'll get out of your windscreen because if you're if you're not as maneuverable or you're going too fast, but it will find him again. Him or her is both both male and female pilots in this, especially the pirates. And uh, you and you um, pull you you get them in your sights, but then 
you have to fine aim. So like you'll see the little like reticle that says like if you shoot here, you'll hit them. You right. Know, like so many of these you know games do. So basically, it's just teaching you how to lead. Teach you how to lead. It teaches yeah. you kind of how to how to turn, where to turn. You know how to follow these things. And then when you're there, you need to kind of you know fine aim around the reticle and sort of make it happen. And you can let go of L trigger and stop tracking whenever you want. Like if you want to like not be tracking them automatically when they're in your sights, that's fine. But you have to have them in your sights to. Track them so it's not like they can fly off your screen and then you hold L trigger and just and it's just gonna automatically them. follow them. Um, so that is great. Like I don't use that too much because I don't need it. I mean, but all like, space combat games should have that. But yeah, it's it's it's, it's a feature that they all should. Every have. every time nothing of interest is happening, you can hold just like Wing Commander. You you point at your destination, you point at your waypoint, uh, and you hold the A button and you autopilot it to it. Yeah. And it'll interrupt it if there's like a distress signal or like a random encounter or something on the way, but. There and there's a, when you get up to a space station, you come close. You either hold the button, or they will automatically clear you for docking, and you just land. You just dock. You, there is it's no space sim refined. There is yeah. no tedium. Like it's 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 not like Elite Dangerous where it's like oh you're the whole you know ninety percent of the gameplay is babysitting the throttle so you don't overshoot right. your target yeah. or landing or taking right, off. Right, it's yeah. like because here and it, you know it, here's and I was like oh it's realistic. It's like, you know here's the thing, there is no way in hell. At this level of space exploration, should we ever that landing is not going to be automatic? Yeah, yeah. You don't you should no, have to manually land anything. At the very <laughs> least, if I'm running that space station, I am not letting some weirdo space manually trucker land. Yahoo yeah. on some kind of like <laughs> cosmic meth land their giant fucking ship on my really delicate asteroid base. Like, no, I am guiding your ass in. Oh, Vincent is saying that it's coming to PS4 and Switch, not Xbox One. Not oh, that's right. Yeah, yep. they want. They're thinking about Xbox, but they don't know yet. Yeah. That's hey, right. e EOTL Gaming and Nexus Six Baddie, thank you for subscribing via Twitch Prime. And so uh, you would recommend? Would you recommend this to someone who hasn't really enjoyed the genre in the past? Because it does sound like it's kind of refined everything. Where maybe people like that might. I mean, if you it. hate space dogfighting, this ain't gonna change your mind. Yeah. But if you like it, but like want something polished and want something that like does it right, this game is great. Yeah. This game, this is this is one of my favorite games of the year. Wow! Without any question, um, I mean, so was Rebel Galaxy one. I saw some people um, calling Control like game of the year in some of the reviews. I saw some of that. I mean, I have to get further in it to know for yeah. that one. But this, this that seems like is, a stretch to me. <laughs> this is something I desperately wanted someone to make, and finally somebody made it. The other, oh, the other thing I should note, uh, you can repaint your ship in this. The repaint tool is insane. So like, coming off of uh, No Man's Sky where you can't paint oh, wait, your can't ship. Oh, you can't customize anything. <laughs> you can make anything. Wow. Like you can, I mean, I don't have the patience for a lot of it because I have no art skills whatsoever. But if you like to customize your stuff, you can make your ship look like whatever the hell you want it to look like. like and I'm sure there are some people who oh, go great. all And there is a mods system to it. Like it's open for mods. They have already hinted like, hey, if somebody wants to make a TIE Fighter total conversion, we sure would be interested to see what that looks like, you know. Like yeah. that, so I think there's going to be a community around this. Um, partic probably a stronger in a year when it comes to Steam. Yeah. Um, but it is great. Like even if you refuse to buy stuff on the Epic Store, like keep this one on your radar because it is it is uh, by far my favorite modern space sim game. Like I mean, it's it's that's strong words coming. It's from up that there. Uh, it's up there with with like some of the good Wing Commanders. Wow. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's quite TIE Fighter territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, um, it's Will real anything good. ever be? It's real good. It's <laughs> it's 30 bucks. Uh, it's made by a small team that really, like, 
does everything right and, and, seem, and they seem it. like if you follow them on Twitter they seem like good dudes yeah um I'm into it so buy it buy, go, go if you for like it. these games buy it go for it if you're if you're not on some kind of moral stance against the epic game store even uh, if you are even it. if you are buy it yeah <laughs> or wait for the ps4 switch version I mean I, this game is not super technical super um it'll run uh, okay on switch is I, that what I feel you're like at? I feel like it's gonna work pretty okay on switch yeah okay. I mean it's it's not a super technically demanding game. I think, especially once you strip out some of the fancy lighting. Oh, there's your there's your uh, your mission log, so you can take side missions. They range from low risk to extreme risk. They that when you see there, it's got a skull next to it. That means you're helping pirates. So you will the the police will like you less, but the pirates will like you more. You can also do stuff for corporations. You can do stuff that's independent. Um, there's a giant map. There's a if you see the sectors like it's a there's a, there's a giant um, yeah it's a Commonwealth so they'll they'll like you but the the pirates won't like you if you do that so you kind of was that a mission there just called minor threat yes ha! yes like the old and, uh, hardcore band the um, and the, the, I mean the map is like I mean I think it looks I, if I remember right I mean I, I didn't count but I think there's like forty or fifty star systems wow um, and you jump from each one to each one you're gonna get a sector map for each one there's like multiple sh- multiple stations you can go to and sectors to explore and like it's if you want to really like dig into like all the stuff you can see in the galaxy it's all I mean it's all pretty much the same I mean it's not like every star like star station's super different but there's a lot of stuff to do and a lot of stuff to see and um, upgrades to do and you can, you can talk to everybody like and you can be a pirate you can like threaten people it's and, like, funny that he says stuff. not xbox one and it just showed an xbox one controller on the screen it is yeah it is <laughs> oh, set up because it's PC, well pc stuff tends right. to be default for xbox. i mean it's funny Although, though that they they don't have an xbox one version there is an option um in the start because the startup thing gives you a little window that, that lets you tweak all the things uh, one of the things you can actually click is playstation 4 buttons so, oh, really? so it'll show you the PlayStation ah, 4 button X, X triangle square circle instead of the, that instead stuff. of the Xbox buttons, which gotcha. is nice. That's, yep. that's, that's considerate. I yep. like that. So there you go. That's uh, Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. I don't think we yeah. ever said the full name of the game, actually, until just now. I think I said a couple of You said times, Rebel not, Galaxy, I said which out, the original. I, I said Outlaw when I said it, and this, this is the sequel, but like oh, okay. we, we haven't really emphasized it. Yeah, yeah. Rebel Galaxy Although we didn't show it in the, the B-roll. True. 30 bucks, PC only right now, coming to Switch and PS4 eventually. Eventually. And my guess is there will be an Xbox One version ultimately. Probably. I mean, probably after the others. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, whatever whatever you got to do to play this, if you have any interest in, interest in flying through space and blowing things up, do this. Yep. Play this game. I will say that, like, that's all it is. Like, it's, you know, you, you, you have to enjoy doing it because it's not going to, like, evolve and keep being different and, like, make crazier and crazier things happen. It's like... You're you're fighting ships. You're blowing up stuff. You're you're doing these missions over and over again. That's what it is. So like, as long as you like that, it's also cheap. It's also half price. So. Yep. There you go. Let's move on. If anything else is the best indie game for me of the year, I will be stunned. Wow. Well, I mean, did you play Bloodstained? Yeah. Did you ever play it? And I you like this more than Bloodstained? I do. But that's because I like this genre more than right, Bloodstained. Right. Right. Okay. Not because I think this is necessarily a better game than Bloodstains. It's just this is my thing. Your thing. Yep, your wheelhouse. There you go. Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. Two thumbs up from Matt. Uh, Let's move on. We're going to talk next about Call of Duty. I put out a a call for duty (laughs) last week trying to get you guys to play the alpha that was happening this weekend. Uh, I did get a bunch of friend invites, but I never did end up playing with anybody who became a new friend. So... Uh, I did play a good bit of this, though, and there were, when the Alpha first launched, the only mode that was available was just Gunfight, and I talked about this a little bit in a prior episode, 
Uh, but just to recap, gunfight is a mode where every time you get a kill, you get a new gun. So everybody starts with the same gun. And then as you get kills, you move on to other weapons. Usually those weapons are better weapons, but not always. Uh, sometimes, you know, after your fifth kill, you end up getting like a sniper rifle with a gigantic scope. And for people like me who don't typically play as snipers, that's not an upgrade for me. It's like, I want an SMG that fires at a higher rate. I don't yeah. want something with a scope. I mean, I like sniper rifles, but more, more often than not in Call of Duty, like you are not far enough away for that to be a viable option. The other part Particularly too, if is you it... have been playing with a submachine gun until now, and you're like, oh my God, all of a sudden I've got this rifle and like there's five guys within 10 feet of me. The other part too, is that the people who do play with sniper rifles in Call of Duty are freaking amazing. Oh yeah. So one thing I learned playing this over the weekend is that I am not a very versatile Call of Duty player. Um, I watch a lot of people, other people play Call of Duty and like, you know, some people just roll with like crazy, like fully automatic pistols. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't even try those. Like when I play Call of Duty, typically I mess around with the SMGs and the assault rifles until I find the one that I like. And then I build it with all the attachments that I like. And I stick with that gun for like ever because I, it I becomes like my friend. I get used to how it handles. I know how long I have to hold a burst before it typically will kill an enemy. Um, I just don't play enough to where I can just like waste <laughs> like five days like trying 50,000 different weapons. I miss the days when guys would just stack up with all the all the crazy speed perks and run around with two two knives. They still do that. They still do that? Oh yeah, there's still people that do that, just just melee. And they just make sure that they have like all the speed perks mm -hmm. and, and they have make sure that like Ghost is turned on it's so like they're not on the, the radar. Yeah. So Gunfight was the first mode that they started it with and the first day that's all you could play. And basically how it works is it's two teams of two um, and you just take turns. It's like a team death match. And each round, like when you kill the other two players on the other team, you win that round and vice versa. And the rounds can be very, very quickly. In fact, I didn't jump into this alpha until way late. And by the time I got in, some of the people playing this were just ridiculously good. Like just like they that guy nailed you like a match would start <laughs> and they would throw a grenade and you'd walk two steps and you'd blow up because they just were had played it so many times they mm -hmm. knew exactly where to throw the grenade so when you realize you're playing against somebody like that as soon as the round starts you have to like sprint away from yeah. like that's where i was at when i started playing this some of the people who were playing were really good those have just that's i remember that's always been even like modern warfare one like after people got used to it, you like match starts and you just see grenades, the grenades flying, flying in. The, yeah, well, they were doing that already in this, and there were only five maps. So people who were playing this religiously knew, yeah. knew the maps and they knew exactly what to do. I was like, I was a noob. I was just starting to play it. So if if nobody dies or if or if both players on either team hasn't died, it goes into overtime. And overtime, there's a flag in the middle of the map. And basically, you have to get to that flag and capture the flag once it goes into overtime. Um, and so it creates like this. There you can see it right there. There's the flag. In fact, you're going to get the full Monty right here. So And I died going for the flag. <laughs> so what happens is if people are playing too cautiously and they're just kind of like sneaking around and hiding... A lot of times they'll go to overtime and then it's like, it just shifts gears. It's like, okay, whoever gets to that flag first and is there for like two seconds gets the win. So immediately you're playing like defensive, the overtime signal comes up and it's like a mad rush to get to that flag. And then it's just like all bets are off. You have no idea who's gonna win at that point because you could be, a lot of times it's better to be the last guy getting to the flag. Cause you get to the flag first, you think you're gonna capture it. You kind of let down your guard for a second. Dude comes running around the corner and shoots you with a shotgun and just, and just lays you to waste. I really did not think I was going to like this. I ended up loving it. It is 
crazy intense. Just knowing that there's only two people, it creates such a different perspective on each map because you know you can kill two people. Like if you're decent at Call of Duty, you know you can do it. Like you know if you get them at the right time or you hide in the right place, it's not that hard to take down two people. So you always have hope. But at the same time, if it's you against two of them, you just have this crazy sense of dread because you're like, man, what if they... If they come together, maybe I can handle them. But if they split up and they come from both sides of the map, then if I'm paying attention to one, the other one's going to get me from... It's just this crazy chess match that you play in your head. That's the lower third, pins and needles. The whole time I played this, I was just like sitting on the edge of my seat, like crazy nervous, like I had a blast with it. Um, and then the second day of the alpha, they launched a second mode. It was also a, a gunfight mode. But with this one, you started with no weapon. So you start out with nothing in your hands at all. You have no armaments. And that was really hard to play against the people who have been playing for a while because they knew exactly what weapons spawn and where they spawn. So my first, like, five matches of that, I got killed before I even put, picked up a gun. Hmm. Literally, every time I died, it's just me empty-handed empty running through, like, wherever. And so do you have to pick up a gun or you have to kill someone to get a gun? No, you have to pick. You can pick them up. They'll be laying on the ground. And other stuff's laying on the ground, too, like stim packs for health or, like, flash grenades. Um, frag grenades, things like that. So you can pick, like, almost the whole armory is scattered around the battlefield, but you you don't know where they are until you play it. And I will say this, they spawn in the same place on the same map every time. Mm. So you can memorize where they spawn and where they're placed. And, like, the first, like, five or six matches, it was basically just guys running to get the weapons and just killing me. Before I could even pick anything up, or sometimes, like, your teammate will pick up the weapon before you can pick it up, and you're left out in the open without a weapon at all. So I was not a gigantic fan of that variant. It was called, like, OJB Gunfight or something. They had, there was, like, a some kind of abbreviation. Oh, like they OSP? Used, maybe. On-site procurement? It might be. Actually, that might be it. Did um, you know that's not a military term that was invented by Kojima and Metal Gear Solid 1? Really? Not Kojima. It was actually the guy who translated the English script that Kojima hated. And now it's become a thing. But he he made that up as, like, uh, weapons and equipment, weapons and equipment, OSP. <laughs> like, that. that's... Uh, <laughs> That's, that's funny. But like, it sounds real, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like how in Call of Duty they, they, they did the whole Oscar Mike thing. Right, That's not right. a thing. Yeah, I know. Like, it's not. Yeah. Oscar Mike means move. <laughs> but um, I, was, I, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what it was called. Something yeah. like that. I mean, I remember, like, I didn't go to the event in L.A. Even though I was invited, I was just too busy. And I remember when we, they came out of that event, this is what all the journalists were talking about. And I was mm -hmm. like, that seems kind of crazy that they're talking about this two-on-two -two mode. You I said totally. that. I remember when you were talking about this before. Like, like you think they picked this because this is the thing that was getting the press. Basically. Yeah, it sounds like it's probably the best thing they got. It's pretty fun. I had a blast with it. I, I'd be interested to see what other sifters thought of it. That actually spent some time playing it. It. I think the the most profound thing I can say about it is that it doesn't feel like you're playing Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. So I think for people who maybe have soured on this franchise over time, there it looks like there's going to be some stuff in Modern Warfare that they're going to be into, and it's just a to me, it's like a total tonal shift from Call of Duty in general. And I know that was Infinity Ward's goal, and they wanted to do that. They nailed it. Like, they, it does not feel like Call of Duty, other than how the guns handle. So here's the mode, yeah, where you start without a gun. And there's my teammate, teabagging nobody. 
But yeah, the first few times I played this, like I never even got to a weapon before I got killed. And then they showed the replay, and it's just me like running without a weapon in the in the open grass, and they're just mowing me down because they know exactly where to go to get the see already dead, dead. Like hmm. <laughs> the other thing I will say about these modes is the maps are really small, so there's not a lot of places to camp or hide. Like you have to keep moving because if you stop, they're gonna come in behind you and just knife you from behind and kill you. So. Again, that lower third is just a thousand percent accurate to my experience playing the gunfight mode. It was just pins and needles. Though, so you can see me. Where are the weapons? Where can I find a stick weapon? I still there's one. Oh, dead. <laughs> this was my experience. Eventually, once I started learning, like you'll see now, I know where that shotgun is. Next round, I rushed for that shotgun, and I think I shoot the guy like right in the head and kill him. So. It's a learning experience. It's this even if you're really good at Call of Duty, this wasn't something that you could just jump right into and start dominating right away. I like that though. Like it's almost got to the point now where like I can play a new Call of Duty and I can almost guarantee myself a 1.3 KD just because I'm so used to playing the game um, and the way it kind of plays and the modes that it's always had. So it's good to see that they're uh, they're finally mixing it up. Oh, you did hit him. Yeah, I actually shot somebody on that time. Next time I think I get actually the kill. <laughs> And it's cool, too, because it's just two of you. So, like, if you're really good, you can carry your team. Like, if you're matched with someone who's not very good, like, if you're decent, you can kill both guys on the other team and still win. Um, when I first started playing this, I'm not playing with someone who's very good. And so, yeah, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I finally got a kill. I was like, yahoo! Um, so, yeah, it's a big change of uh, pace for Call of Duty and a good one, I think. It'll be interesting to see if there's more stuff like this in the final game. And uh, we shouldn't have to wait much longer. There's like a, I think there's another closed beta coming up or one just for PS4 owners. Or maybe this is actually going to Xbox this coming weekend. There's, mm. there's something about it where people are going to be able to keep playing it before it comes out. So I'm pretty excited for Modern Warfare just based on this. If this is the approach that they're taking, I think it's a smart idea. And I think it's going to make the game compelling for a lot of people who have maybe fallen out with this franchise over the last few years who had bought 10 in a row. And they're like, this isn't changing enough. This one certainly looks to be doing that. So there you go. Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, Gunfight. Um, didn't get to play with any Sifters, which was uh, disappointing. I really hoped I could pair up with somebody. Uh, another thing that's important in this is uh, communication. And you could tell that some people were partied up and mm -hmm. talking to each other. Now, once you're in... <laughs> yeah. Now, ah. Yep, and you got it behind me. Once you're in... It doesn't let you keep playing with the same person. Mm. Um, the server holds the four people, and it'll start shuffling those four. But you could tell that there were people who had partnered up and sometimes played together as a team and sometimes didn't. And when you played against people who were partnered up and they both had headset mics, you were pretty much screwed. Because you can co if you coordinate via voice, it's you have a huge advantage over a team that isn't doing that. So there you go. Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Gunfight. Pins and needles. All right. It's time to move on to our last topic of episode 179. We're going to wrap up Gamescom. We did a big Gamescom preview. Last week we did the show on Tuesday, mm -hmm. which was like the day after the show kicked off, and we thought probably we got most of this stuff already. As it turns out, we got pretty much all of it. Uh, this topic is just a, a wrap of the stuff that happened after last Tuesday that is worth noting. And there's not a ton, but there's a few things. Um... I want to talk again about Sony buying Insomniac because it happened live on the show, basically. Mm -hmm. We didn't have a lot of time to prepare for it. Now that I've thought about it, I kind of have different 
thoughts. What what have you kind of settled on after uh, now a week later of knowing this news? Um, I don't know. Makes sense. Like I, I, I mean, I think a lot of people thought they already owned them. Frankly. Yeah. Oh, I think so, yeah. More casual folks, I think, thought yeah. already they were like second party or first party. And uh, in this in this world, uh, in the the market they're in, and certainly is only going to get more and more so if you're making games on this on the level that they make. Um, you're basically one one mistake from ruin. So it makes sense to want to be part of one of the major corporations because they can absorb that hit, and you probably can't. So Insomniac owns this, by the way, which I was not aware of. I thought yeah. Microsoft owned Sunset Overdrive. It does not. Yeah, my, Insomniac, Microsoft did not want this for some yeah, reason. Uh, but, so but Insomniac basically owns like, it. Yeah, Insomniac owns it, and basically like, that's why they were like, hey, it's up to Microsoft because Microsoft would have to fund it. Right. But, and unfortunately, if you're a fan of Sunset Overdrive, I have some bad news. Sony has already said that it is not going to allow Insomniac to work on this IP. And when I saw that announcement, that's when I realized why this all happened. It's because Sony knew it was getting the Spider-Man films back. And it's just perfect synergy. And PlayStation, this is a big initiative for Sony. That doesn't have anything to do with it. What? How could it not? Because they didn't know that. Who didn't know that? Sony. Sony didn't know this. PlayStation department did. I guarantee you, they didn't know that that was happening until last week, because that was because that, talks broke down. Like that, they, they, the process through which it would take to buy Insomniac, a would have no way of knowing that that was going to all come to a head last week, because that was that was very much a negotiations broke down at the table thing. For between who? Between uh, Sony Pictures and Marvel Studios. Okay. Uh, and but I mean, they would have known that Sony was trying to. Get it back. Sony wasn't trying to get them back. It was a different thing. Sony walked away because they didn't like Disney's uh, offer, basically. Okay. So Disney wanted 50 50. Because the the deal. Profit? Of the profit from the Spider Man movies. The deal that had been in place was was that Disney got 5%. I mean, that makes. Wait, Disney was only making 5% off any Spider Man films it made? Yes. Oh my God. So that was the idea. So Sony. Oh my God. So the deal on the movies was Sony Sony funded them and and got 95% of the revenue. Wow. Whereas Marvel owns the rights to merchandise. So Marvel has got all the money from merchandise and all the money from that kind of thing. Uh, And they got their cut from from, uh, that kind of thing. But they did not get. All they got was 5%. And there was a whole argument over. Um, various things in creative control uh, in terms of like the spin-off movies like the Venom and Morbius Mobius, Morbius, Morbius, Morbius the, I can't believe they're hanging their next movie, <laughs> on, movie on Jared Leto playing a super genius vampire scientist okay <laughs> um, and basically Marvel's like we want we, how about this deal 50-50 and they're like how about the old deal and Marvel's like no we want the new deal and Sony's uh, the head of uh, Sony's Sony Pictures uh, Ra- Rothman Roth I can't remember his name he was at Fox for a long time and he was responsible for turning down a James Cameron written Alien versus Predator movie a, a Ridley Scott directed Alien 5 not Prometheus Alien 5 and he was the one who rejected the Deadpool footage that Ryan Reynolds shot and said no. And that's why Ryan Reynolds leaked that Deadpool teaser oh. to prove that the people wanted it. Right. And that's how that movie got made. Dude, ah. dude, ha- dude he has does a great track record. He hates superhero <laughs> stuff and he's terrible at calling what's going to be a good thing. And r- the word is that I heard is that the Sony bosses, Sony Pictures bosses under him are desperately trying to convince him to come back to the table because they know that... 
their last is amazing. Their last Spider-Man movie made 400, 500 million, and Disney's last Spider-Man movie made a billion. Right. So, so you're like, bro, we'll make more money right. even at Together, a 50 split. And also, like, I think the 50 I mean, people keep saying that Disney's 50 50 was a hard offer. I'm pretty sure that's the starting point for a negotiation, and Sony just wouldn't do it. So Sony's been sort of weirdly painted as like the the good guy in this, but really what's happening is Disney's Disney as the distributor and Marvel as the people who make the movies. And also their offer was 50-50 split and also we will fund it 50-50. Okay. So that was the offer and Sony wasn't Can Marvel even afford I can now. Marvel can afford anything. Yeah. No, uh, so they were they were the, the, the negotiations broke down over the course of hours. It was not a thing that you could have planned for in the course of action of buying Insomniac, which must have taken six to eight months. I get eh, how about that? It wouldn't. It was not part. It was not a factor. <clears throat> I promise you, it was not a factor. Also, has nothing to do with the Spider-Man. The timing is uncanny. The sp- timing is weird, but it doesn't have anything to do with it. I promise you, it has nothing to do with it. Also, the Spider-Man game license, completely different, separate. Totally different yeah, brand of Marvel. Yeah, but when you're a company like Sony, you want a unified push also, in front for IP. I mean, yeah, but that's not what happened here. Interesting. It's not. Where'd you hear that from, though? I know some people. Well, first off, I just know that was what happened because I know how the business works between those companies. And I also know some people that work at various places. Yeah, I mean, I researched it. Nothing like that is it. it that's pr- because nothing's they, printed anywhere. That's about because that. it was reported very poorly. Or nobody's talking. I don't know. Huh. Um, I, and I know more details on that, but I'm not going to say it because I, I would give away who I'm talking to. Right. But, um, yeah, th- that w- I promise you that was not part of this. I mean, it was part of it in the sense the that... The timing like, is insane. Yeah, I mean, it sucks for somebody. But, like, it, the, 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 the... I mean, it was intentional in the sense that Sony is still... Whether the negotiations for the Spider-Man, specific Spider-Man solo movies broke down or not with the MCU stuff, Sony was still going to be making, you know, their spin-off villain movies... So, I mean, obviously they want Spider-Man, da-da-da-da-da. The other thing you got to remember is that Sony's various departments, A, don't get along, and B, don't talk to each other. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm very well well aware of that. So, but. like, I'm sure so, I'm sure Play, PlayStation, A, probably doesn't give a shit, and B, is probably laughing at Sony Pictures, right? I mean, Sony Pictures is at a lot of trouble. I mean, remember... Yeah. Remember a very similar breakdown happened in the discussions with uh, Marvel, you know, years ago... And that we only found out because of that that leak, this the Sony email leak, and Sony Japan didn't even know about that. And Sony Japan was like, "Go back and give them Spider Man so we can fix this stupid franchise you ruined." Yeah. And because uh, you, you, I mean, the Amazing Spider Man uh, was a disaster for the S- Spider Man brand. Um, yeah, because it was terrible. It was terrible, but also didn't make a lot of money. Also, uh, Spider Man merchandise sales tanked. Because of it, Spider-Man merch used to be. You really like, have to screw up to tank Spider-Man, Spider-Man merch. Was up. He, Spider-Man was the number one merch <laughs> character, superhero character for all through the Raimi movies. Yeah, and up to and, it's, and Amazing Spider-Man cut that in half. My nephew loves the first, Spider-Man, uh, and that in conjunction with the success of the Dark Knight trilogy, Batman was on top for the first time in quite a while. Yeah, um, I mean, Spider-Man lost the number one slot because Sony mishandled that property so badly. Which is why, by the way, people like me are upset that this is happening, not because. I want Disney to own everything, but because Sony sucks at making Spider-Man <laughs> movies, and the only and I don't bring up Into the Spider-Verse to me because Into the Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man movie ever made. However, that's mostly because of Lord and Miller, and because it was Sony Animation, different department, right. different company, and all the executives at Sony were distracted because they weren't paying attention to Into the Spider-Verse because they were focused on what they thought was going to be their big animation breakout hit, which was the Emoji Movie. Oh boy. 
Which should give you total that's terrible. Which idea. should give you an idea of the caliber of of, <laughs> of foresight we're dealing with yeah, here. Yeah. You do not want these people making Spider-Man, but yeah. it's not up to us. I do think though that after because you do want Insomniac making Spider-Man, which is why you buy them. Yeah, because clearly whatever happened with the movie deals or whatever, because that's the other thing. I mean, and, and we see this with the Square Enix Avengers game. Marvel's kind of terrible at synergizing that kind of yeah. thing. You know, like they don't, they, they have not capitalized on video game stuff well uh, for the MCU or anything like that. They're just finally getting around to it. Um, and I don't know what prompted a really good PS4 Spider Man game because that license comes from Marvel Entertainment, which is run by completely different people than Marvel Studios. That's Perlmutter and, and, you know, the rest of Marvel. Marvel Studios is a separate thing that answers directly to Bob Iger at Disney. Um, but I'm glad they did it. And um, and obviously it sold incredibly well, so they're like, we're going to make a whole bunch more of these. And you know what? What you know what makes a lot of sense? Uh, making sure that the people who made that first one amazing are always going to be there to make another one for you. I wonder if Insomniac wants to just keep making Spider-Man games, though. Um. Well, I mean, I, I, my guess is no. I'm a, no, I know a couple people over there. I know there, they love it, and they. I mean, they but... won't be specific, but like, you know, because they can't talk about things. But like, everyone I know has said. Um, I sure wouldn't mind doing another couple of these. I mean, sure. they, 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 I mean, the people, the other thing you got to remember, and we know this from talking to them when they first announced this, there's multiple teams at Insomniac, yeah. and the team that's on the Spider Man games love Spider Man. Like, and they got, I think you got at least two more games to, to, of story to tell before you start to burn out. On yeah. They, also, how the, many Ratchet games have they made now? Oh, <laughs> like who, five? I mean, five more. I mean, it's at least seven or eight. Ratchet and Clank? Yeah. Full. New games? Uh, Ration Clank, Going Commando, Up Your Arsenal, Crack in Time, um, that other one that came at Tools of Destruction. Um, and then the and PS5 the th- There were two game. trilogies, and then there was the PS5 remake, and then there was uh, um, there was another one. There was like a standalone separate one. They made a ton of them. I mean, I think I don't. I think there's only six originals, though. There's five maybe, or six. Mm, there's also uh, Deadlocked. Um, I th- there's at yeah, least that's, seven. That's shooter spinoff. Yeah, but they made it. They did. So. Yeah, so it, it was a ratchet game they made. Yeah, it's at least seven. Yeah, um, they made a lot. Of so they're going to be games. allowed to do this. They're, they, Sony, PlayStation said they're going to be able to make ratchet games. Mm-hmm. They're going to be able to make Spider-Man games. Yeah. And the thing is, is that it's been interesting watching Insomniac over the last like generation really spread its wings and start making games for other platforms. So it is working on VR games right now. Mm-hmm. Um. They are, what is that? What is the name of that? Damn Stormlands. Game? Stormlands. That's right. Yeah, Stormlands. That game is still coming. Yeah. Um, Sony is going to let them finish that game, even though it's like an Oculus. I think it's an Oculus. Explosive. It is an Oculus. I, I mean, mean, that's the weird part is PlayStation has PlayStation VR. I don't think that's weird. Insomniac that's... was like a huge VR developer for Oculus, almost exclusively, and now mm. it's got to let all those games come out for Oculus still before. Well, shifting I mean, contracts gears. are contracts. Yeah. You, know, you can't. Well, you that. can always buy yourself out of a contract, but uh, only if the people who hold the contract will let you. True. And Facebook might might not be willing to do that. That's possible. Because let's face it, it they, needs they the probably games. want Stormlands. <laughs> yeah. It does definitely. I mean, it wouldn't hurt. I mean, again, like you said last week, it wouldn't hurt to maybe talk about, hey, VR is not robust enough to really play console wars with. Maybe we should like just team up. All just. Team up Let's and get put on the, the same best team stuff on everything, and, and then hope like all boats rise. Once we've hit kind of a critical mass, then we can worry about killing each other, like and stabbing each other in the back. But like for now, I feel like it's more important to pr- promote VR than your individual platform. But I'll say this: Insomniac 
is a good get for PlayStation VR. I mean, look, yeah. th- this is the first game. It's called no what, Edge of Reality or Edge of Something. It's yeah, Edge of Something. Yeah, you're right. It's Edge of Something. Edge of Nowhere. Edge of Nowhere. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, Edge of Nowhere and then Stormlands. They they all look like full on games. They're not like these little like turret shooter gallery things mm-hmm. everyone else is making. I mean, this could ultimately Insomniac could make the killer app for a PlayStation VR too. Yeah. I mean, that's the truth. And I mean, think about it with Cuz it ain't No Man's Sky, I'll right? That yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's coming up here soon that they're going to need some first-party software to kind of promote PlayStation VR 2 and I mean, it's a it's a good match. And and maybe it was on accident, but everything just worked out perfect as I mean, far I think- as Sony getting Spider-Man back and then getting Insomniac at the same time. Because you will be able to do that two-pronged approach of here's the new film, here's the new game, cross-promote on both sides. You can do that with – they did that before anyway. I mean, it's – Did they? I mean, the movie suits are in Spider-Man. I mean, that's about all you can really do. You're not going to change the story of the Insomniac games to No, no, no. I'm talking about, like, literally advertising and marketing where you're like, here's a commercial for the Spider-Man film, and then a tag out in the last five seconds is, don't forget Insomniac's new Spider-Man game for PlayStation 5. Like – and then you run the ad for the PlayStation 5 game, and don't forget the new Spider-Man movie in theaters, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, you're, you need to some you need some pretty... You could double dip on your marketing cash that you spend, on your marketing outlay. If you can get Sony Pictures and Sony PlayStation, Sony Computer Entertainment to talk to each other that If long. you can prove that it's beneficial to both, they'll talk. That's the thing, is they don't believe it is. <laughs> like, they don't see how either one can help the other. My guess is that Sony Pictures is the one who fails to see the logic in it. Because... Uh, that is very likely. <laughs> Cooperation between Sony Pictures and the other branches of Sony tends to be at the the order of Sony Japan. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they let those idiots... I mean, I think if Sony could get rid of Sony Pictures, they would, but nobody wants to buy it. Yeah. What do you do with it? Because the only thing they have is literally Spider-Man. I know. That's why they won't give... I mean, in the original leaked emails, they were talking about selling the rights back to Marvel for $5 billion, um, which is probably more than Sony Pictures is worth. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Think about that. It probably is. Yeah. I wouldn't pay $5 billion for Sony Pictures. Hell no. Hell no. Um... See, I don't. I don't think the movies have a whole lot to do with this, and maybe, maybe that's stupid. Maybe that's not how it should be. It is obviously, stupid. Obviously, ideally, sure. you would want to tie in, yeah, the game somehow or that, to that. But it's just, I don't think it was part of the decision. It was because Insomniac has this long, good relationship with Sony. They made Sony some of their best first-party stuff over the years. Um, they made a really great Spider-Man game that sold an obscene number of. I mean, closing on 14 million copies sold. It's probably the best superhero game ever, unless you prefer Arkham, one of the Arkham yeah, games. Yeah, it's up there, for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, there's no reason to not want the, the people that made Ratchet and this, and on top of that, are good at VR, which is the I thing. I mean, they could make a kick-ass Spider-Man VR game. Yeah. Think I about mean, that. I mean, there is no, if you're Sony, you're, if you're Sony Computer Entertainment, you're looking at Sony, there's no reason not to want to buy them. I'm sure they've yep. made offers before in the past, but yep. now it's just at the point where it Ted worked. Price decided it's the time. Yep. Probably because, like, you know, if you make another fuse in this in this era you're you, done you go down you're, like you're done over, you know? yeah, you're toast even for a studio like insomniac yeah and insomniac has not been 
timid about striking out and trying new things with the VR stuff and the, and the, the other games for other platforms and Fuse, Sunset Overdrive. There was that uh, web browser game they made for a while. They were, yeah, they were experimenting right. with that. Um, <laughs> They've been trying. I mean, yeah, they, But they, none of it's really been that successful, to be honest. None of it's been Ratchet. Yeah. And certainly none of it's been Spider-Man. Even Ratchet at this point is really kind of worn out its welcome a little bit. It doesn't sell like it used to. No, I mean, I still enjoy Ratchet. Oh, but for like, sure. It'd be, it'd be good. Oh, I mean, no one's denying. Insomniac's games are great. Like, Sales don't always aren't always a representation no, no. of the game's quality. I mean, we just talked about that with Bethesda. Yeah. You know, it's just the way it is sometimes. But I mean, if they want to keep making Spider-Man for as long as they can stand it, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll take two more. Yeah. I think after that, I'll probably be good. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how they can evolve. I mean, they got away with, you know, I think all six Ratchet games are worth playing. Oh, for sure. Yep. Um, and they, they, you know, they find new ways to make a formula fresh. That's kind of one of their strengths over there. So. Yep. We'll see what it becomes, and I, but I, you know, obviously they're not only going to make Spider-Man games; they're not only going to make Ratchet games. They've got a large enough team to make. Uh, I think they've got about three teams over there. They're um, going to be the VR. There's going to be a VR team. There's going to be a Spider-Man team. team. I mean, and there's like crossover. I mean, I know uh, there's multiple projects that happen at once. Like it, it won't be that. It won't be. They won't be a. You know, they won't be a sweatshop. Any more than any other AAA <laughs> developer already is. I mean, aren't they all? They are. I mean, yeah. That's I mean, I also like Ted Price. You know, Insomniac again voted one of the best mid-sized companies to work work for in the country for years and years yep. on end. Uh, I feel I have a very hard time believing that Ted Price sold everybody out to the point that yeah. like it, they're not they're going to sacrifice the quality of life at that company. That's very important to him. It's um, a company you're proud to have in your. You're not going to sell the identity of the company. You're going to make sure that's in there. And Sony is familiar enough with Insomniac that they know that that's part of the corporate DNA over there. Yeah, and not, for I don't sure. think they're going to mess with it, or they're going to lose what makes the people so good and so focused to make games like Spider-Man. I mean, you have to, you know, Insomniac is a success story, not just in sales, but in terms of running a company um, from, a, from a human resources Absolutely. perspective. Yeah. So hopefully uh, if they can continue that and work under, you know, directly under Sony and continue to have this corporate culture and this, this sort of like people first element uh, that makes it a great place to work and not just a place that makes great games, that could have positive effects throughout Sony's holdings. It's true. Yep. You know, maybe they can bring some sanity to Naughty Dog at some point. <laughs> I don't know if I want that. I like Naughty Dog just the way it is. I'd rather have the people. I wish I got games more often. But I'd rather have the it. people at Naughty Dog get to go home once in a while. Uh, good point. I'll, I can wait another few months for Last of Us 2 if it means someone, get gets, to have a someone gets to see their child grow yeah, up. I'd agree with that. Uh, let's start running down through some of the other things that happen at Gamescom later in the week. Uh, probably the biggest thing, honestly, was a Death Stranding trailer was leaked. There was a private... Uh, I didn't see that. Yeah, you didn't see it. Well, yeah. probably it's taken down now. There was a private uh, like theater thing that happened there, and somebody shot it with a cell phone camera. It looked like they shot it with a BlackBerry because the resolution was so bad. Mm. But it was basically just a, a, a dialogue scene that explains everything. I'm, yeah. so, I'm shocked you missed this. Take a guess what, what it really is about. Um... Social media, communication. I mean, he keeps. Think I, about his other games. Oh, like war. I don't know. Yeah, about, but what do you need to to guns. have to have war? Guns. Mili paramilitary organizations. Well, yeah, I mean, Mickelson clearly has his little strike force. Oh, that's it, it's. It, I watched this trailer, and I'm like, it's just freaking metal. They start talking about all this weird crap, but I then mean, ultimately, it's like it's all about like military. Yeah. Of course, it. I mean, a whole lot of it really did always look to me like 
he recycled the stuff he didn't get to do in Metal Gear Solid Five yeah. into this game. Um, I mean, just like the, the giant monsters and the weird fog and everything with a skull guy and, and I don't remember his name. I, I don't want to spoil too much, but basically I he's been working for like the shady military government right. organization. It's it. It's a Kojima game. It is, yeah. I mean, I I didn't see that. I did see Kojima's tweet where he tried or something where he tried to explain what the strand genre is. Like he calls genre. it a strand game. He calls it a new genre. It's a strand game. That's some wishful thinking. On and it, and after I'd read the tweets, it made no more sense than it already did. <laughs> it was like, uh, and I saw people actually mention this, but I uh, it reminded me of when Yu Suzuki tried to call Shenmue. A free game. Oh yeah, full, and he tried to get everyone else to call all- full reactive eyes <laughs> entertainment. And it's like, dude, it's an it's a it's an action RPG. Like, yeah, don't, come on, <laughs> let's not overcomplicate things. You, it's an adventure game with kicking. No, no. <laughs> that's that's a better description. <laughs> adventure game with kicking. Yes, the AGK. That's what it is. Speaking of which, Act. since we are talking about Gamescom, <laughs> I feel like Shenmue Three at this point has just hit rock bottom. As far as interest, like it's indie games did more views on Sifted than the Shenmue 3 trailer from yeah. Gamescom. Well, I think the sad part is like Shenmue, that now was the right time to release Shenmue 3, the original yeah. release date, and now you've pushed it to November. And like, it's You're just, just going to get, get buried. swallowed up. It's going to get buried. I mean, look, I guess he's already made his money because it's like a Kickstarter Right, a lot game. of it is just front-loaded. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll be fine. I mean, like I said, the best way I think to think of Shenmue 3 is as though it is a remaster of a game that actually got made in 2004. Because <laughs> that right. really is what it That's looks kind of like. what it is, yeah. Um, and I'm looking forward to it still because I like Shenmue. Um, I'm interested to see what it is. I'm, I'm mostly... Uh, disheartened by the fact that he said that it's not going to finish the story. Yeah. Like, this was your shot, this dude. Is the, that is the you shot. You ain't getting another Kickstarter on this no. thing. You can't do it again. Like You're going to have to find an actual You're going to have to fund the next one yeah. based on the money you make from this one, yeah. if you ever do, which I... Like the sales of this one are going to have to convince your in- investors to, to give you the money for the, to finish this game. Because it sounds like from the percentages he's saying... It's two more games. Yeah. And I'm like, that's great. I mean, you couldn't even get three games made before <laughs> when Sega would give you all the money in, in the world. In the world. Yeah. I, it's not looking good. Uh, next up, Dying Light 2, which I can never, ever remember. And, in fact, on the rundown, <laughs> I called it Dead Rising 2. All these zombie but, game which names. Which exists. It does. All these zombie game names are just starting to run together. Uh, but Dying Light 2, they just released the gameplay yesterday. Uh, they waited until just after Gamescom to release the E3 mm-hmm. demo. It is up on Sifted right now if you want to check it out. This is just the E3 trailer we're seeing right here. Did you get a chance to watch the gameplay? No. You did it. Okay. I was hoping you might have watched it and you're going to tell me either I was crazy or I was right about my uh, glowing endorsement for this game at E3. But... But the gameplay's out there. I talked it up during our Best of E3 awards. I It was one of the most impressive things I saw at E3. Uh, give it a watch. It's up on Sifted right now. Um, and then Disintegration. Um, this was the game that's made by the former Halo co-creator. Mm-hmm. When we talked about it on the show last Tuesday, we had totally just... Totally not Destiny game. Yeah. Well, we, we had just had this trailer when we first talked about it on the show last week. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the course of the week, they just started blowing it out with gameplay. And the game looks freaking awesome. It is very derivative, and it does look very similar to Destiny as far as the art style. And there are even drop ships that drop enemies in, like Halo. I mean, it is really... Halo and Destiny mashed together, 
But watch one of the gameplay demos from this game from Gamescom, again, on Sifted, and it's an impressive game. Like, I cannot believe that... I think he said the team was, like, 50 people or something. And, I mean, the game looks like it was made by a team of, like, three or 400 people. Um, this is definitely one to keep an eye on, particularly if you're a Bungie fan or you're a fan of Halo or Destiny. Uh, I highly recommend going on Sifted and following this game so that you get everything pinned to the top of your Sif when it comes out. Uh, I was really impressed with what they showed. Like, I really thought it was just going to be this, like, cheap indie, like, knockoff of those two franchises. Uh, it actually looks like it's going to start pushing in new directions that those other two franchises have failed to do hmm. over the last, God, I guess, decade at this point. Um, Destiny was kind of a new idea when it first launched, but... Yeah, it's not quite in a decade. Yeah. But How long Des has it been? Six years, five years for Destiny? Um, well, no. Destiny would have been, like, 2014. Yeah, so, like, five years. 2015, maybe early 20... I don't remember. It's right around I mean, when we 2013 launched. was uh, launch of the new systems. Yep. So Yeah, and it took about a year and a half after yeah. that. Yep. Uh, so I highly recommend checking that game out and following it on the site so that you get alerted every time something new is released. Uh, and then Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, obviously, we got the news about Google Stadia when we talked about it on the show last Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Across the uh, week, more news kind of started trickling out. Um, probably the biggest one, I think the one that caught the most headlines, is the fact that the world is smaller than The Witcher 3's, but they say it's more detailed. That's, I mean, that's okay. I mean, The Witcher... Which would you Small, rather have? Smaller than The Witcher 3 leaves you a lot of room for, <laughs> for being large. Still. That's a good I point, mean, actually. Witcher 3 is not a tiny game. That's a good point. Uh, which would you rather have, though? Would you rather have the bigger world of The Witcher 3 or a smaller, more condensed world? I mean, for something like Cyberpunk, I'd rather have density. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense. Like, when you have games that are set in modern day or the future, and you have vehicles, and you have to... Mm -hmm. I mean, Final Fantasy 15 is a good example of that. Yeah. Where you have a car out in the I middle mean, look of these at, wide I mean, this open. This game is not a game where I'm like, oh, I wish I could run around in a field. Like, yeah. it's, not, it's not really. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, a ton of. I mean, yeah, Witcher Three is a big world, but it's like part of the. They reason, don't have to be that big. No. Well, like, also part of the reason Witcher Three's world is so big is because it's supposed to be like a, you know a medieval fantasy journey. You know, it's, yeah. it's supposed you're supposed to have these big open spaces and and hunting through these things. You know, the, the that's not what cyberpunk stuff is about. It's about the sprawl. It's about the 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 verticality of the city it's about like the density of everything it's 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 things on top of things it's not spread out so yeah. I, I, that makes sense i'm me. totally fine with this i honestly thought the world of the witcher is a little bloated to be honest so i it makes more sense for the witcher to have kind of those open rolling hills like it mm -hmm. has but i also felt like there's just a lot of wasted space in that game so i'm okay with something a little more tighter more compact particularly since it's a shooter yeah. Like, otherwise, you're going to end up using a sniper rifle through the whole freaking game. So I think it makes perfect sense, and I'm totally okay with it. There was some backlash over that, though. I think everyone just assumes that... Everything has to be bigger Every and studio's and next game has to be bigger and everything else, and that's just not the case with this one. Um, the, another thing that came out, possibly no post-launch multiplayer. Did people expect that? So they said from the very beginning the game was going to have multiplayer. Hmm. Like from the first time it was announced. So like I it must was, have blocked that out. Yeah. They were like it will have multiplayer functionality. They didn't say exactly what it was going to be. And then they, when it really got unveiled they kind of stopped talking about it and somebody was like hey wait a minute like you said this was going to have multiplayer and then they said oh yes as a matter of fact we have a team of 50 guys and girls working on it right now but they're in R&D. So hmm. that was it. Was that at E3 last year, I think? Yeah, that was at E3 last year. They said, we're, we've got a team on R&D for multiplayer. They're, they're, they're looking into it, trying to figure it out. 
E3 this year, no one really asked him about it. Someone asked him at Gamescom, and it looks like it's not going to happen. Mm. They're basically like, it's still in R&D, and they're like, so you were in R&D over a year ago, and you're still there? And I guess that was like a nod and a wink, like, yeah, well, we can't. Yeah. Although CD Projekt uh, Red is not known to give up on things tremendously, so you know who knows? Three years later, they could be like, oh, here's an update. Do you care if there's multiplayer on this? Not in any way whatsoever. Me either. I don't care either. And I'm a big multiplayer shooter guy. Like, I just don't need it. Like, by the time I I finish 80 hours of this thing, like, I'm not going to need it. I didn't need a multiplayer dual mode in Witcher 3 either. Yeah, yeah. It's not a thing I care about for this. Yeah, so it's not not a big deal to me. Um, I'm going to play this game more for the role-playing elements and the RPG stuff than the straight-up shooting. I'm there for the world and and all that, yeah. So, not a big deal. But again, that was something people were making... A big stink over because it was promised. I don't even remember that. That uh, it was that promised they, that they at were, first? They said anything about it. I mean, they said multiplayer elements, maybe. I mean, it could mean anything. Yeah. Um, and then, kind of the biggest disappointment from Gamescom is that for the people there, they just showed the same demo as E3. Mm, that doesn't um, surprise me. It doesn't surprise me either, but I think people who were there were kind of pissed off. There was kind of a minor t- Twitter uproar over it because people expected something better for Gamescom because CD Projekt Red is a European studio. Yeah, but CD Projekt Red also has to finish the damn game. Yeah. Like, you can't have them making two de- separate demos two months apart. And let's be honest, time's starting to run out here. Yeah, I got this This thing's due in March. I mean, this yeah. is... I mean, you, you've got to start getting towards certification at this point. I mean, they're six months out. Yep. Which I'm very excited by, I might add. I am... My anticipation for a video game I don't think can get any higher than it is for this game. I just yep. don't think it can. Uh, just give it to us already. Put it straight into my veins. Um. Yeah, and that was pretty much it for Cyberpunk, and that was pretty much it for Gamescom. Um, what, solid Gamescom. It was an amazing Gamescom, the best one ever, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I talked about a lot of the stats on today's high score this past Saturday, but ultimately it ended up being the biggest Gamescom for amount of media, uh, the number of games that were involved in it, uh, the audience for it was almost 400,000 people. Hmm. Think about that, Matt. E3 is 60,000. Gamescom was almost 400,000. Mm-hmm. It was like 370,000 people. Six times the size of E3. To be fair, that place is much bigger. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that convention center, you could put... It's a city. You basically. could put the whole LA convention center, like, yeah. in one of the holes, I think, yeah. at Gamescom. I mean, it's that big, but still, I mean, the you logistics... You could put Cyberpunk in it. Yeah, you could. The logistics of running something that big is pretty mind-boggling. Yeah. To traffic... 400k people around a place and make sure there's no congestion or at least hope there's no congestion uh gamescom gaining ground real quick on yeah, e3 get, i mean you know they, i mean it is crowded but it's always been manageable yeah at least the, the one time i was well there. the beginning of it it's pretty rough when there's the rush right as the week They're starts like to that. wear on yeah it's not such a big deal although shower yeah, like that was a problem. It is, it is the smelliest conference I've ever By been to. By a long shot. Yeah, not even close. And I've and E3 smelled bad at times, believe me. Mm. I tell you. Although, uh, again, if you have that many people in one place, it's you're gonna it's going to smell. Yep. Um, so it's time for our trailer of the week, and that is your cue to get your questions into the chat. We're going to do an extended chat session for this episode because the show's wrapping up a little bit earlier. And uh, so make sure you get them in. Always go at Sifted Games so we can pluck them out. When we come back from the trailer of the week, I'm also going to thank all you people who have been contributing via Twitch Prime. There's a ton of you guys. So anyway, it was a, shockingly the the Gamescom hangover is real. So we ran the Kerbal Space Station trailer last week, mm-hmm. which was amazing. But 
this week after now the games comes over it was it was slim pickings it was hard to find a trailer of the week this week so what i just did was i went for what was hot and astral chain if you guys haven't noticed is scoring sky high and as matt mentioned we already got the launch trailer and that's what we're going to share let's roll it people of the ark your time is drawn to close They will ask you to sacrifice everything for their ambitions. To sell you a false beast, building a cage around you with lies. Prepare yourselves. You must sacrifice. They declared a state of emergency. Neura, move out. Roger. Iris is on, people. Time to look for clues. Don't worry, I've prepared entertainment. You're the one who's gotta save the world now. Go! I don't need any help killing Chimeras. Watch out! She's she's not human. No! You're quite persistent. I can't let you catch me just yet. So do you think that game, after its reviews, is guaranteed a sequel? Uh, I don't know. Let's see how it sells. Yeah. Platinum's games don't always sell particularly well. No, I mean, I think this one's positioned pretty well. It's, I mean, the Switch, uh, not that it's having a drought or anything, but it's the big August game for the Switch. Uh, Link's Awakening isn't for another three weeks. Um, I think it'll do fine. Define fine. I think it might sell better than Control. Really? Uh, Soft- exclusive. Software sales on the Switch are super strong. They are inflated, I mean, for sure. And this is a Nintendo release with the Platinum game. I mean, you know, the, the audience is there. I think it'll do very very well. I haven't seen any TV commercials for it. I'll say that. No, I haven't either. Which? But then I haven't seen TV commercials you know for a lot of Switch stuff. Yeah, I don't it sells see, great. Yeah, because I guess I just don't watch TV that kids watch or whatever. But I never see Switch commercials, hardly at all. No. I haven't seen anything for the Switch Lite, and that's coming out next month, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's coming up fast. Uh, very quickly, let's... Different audience. Yeah, for sure. Uh, very quickly, I want to go through all the folks who contributed via Twitch Prime during the show. Uh, Commander Fett 3 thank you. 
I'm glad that they highlight these in the chat. It makes it easier. Uh, I already said EOTL Gaming. Thank you very much. Nexus 6 Baddie. Thank you. Rosencrans. Joaquin Dragoon. Um, Casey Alpha. Thank you. Uh, he just gifted a tier one sub to the community as well. Thanks, man. That's awesome. To OTAPS. Congratulations, OTAPS. Uh, J Reed Vic 7, Veritas, Mike's Q. Uh, that's it. Thank you guys. Thank you guys all for uh, hooking us up with Twitch Prime. It makes a huge difference. So appreciate it. Folks on YouTube, if you're watching this on a few days delay, please help us out on Twitch Prime. That would rock. And uh, let's get to some questions. We have a bunch in here. Mm -hmm. This is a good one uh, from Mitchell. Mitchell is alive. Uh, will you wish Jeff Kanata well for me? Wait, what um, happened with Jeff? He has a detached retina and had to go in for some eye surgery to save his sight. Basically. So was it an accident or was it I just... I don't know. I don't know what happened. I think it was a. It was just a thing that happened. Wow. Um, he said he has to lay on his... Face so, for like six so the, weeks. The original thing was he had to lay in a be laid still in a face down position. And he couldn't talk. He got because the vibration could detach the like. He basically was going to have to sit there and do nothing for six weeks. Oh my god! Um, wouldn't be able to see his kids. Wouldn't be able to do anything. Uh, he did get a second opinion, and um, there's a different procedure he's doing now. Okay. Because uh, originally it was going to be yesterday, but instead he did the other procedure today. Uh, I think at one fifteen today. Um, and he uh, and that is going to have a, a, a intense but not as long recovery period, and so that's what he's Thank doing. Thank God. So it's still going to be uh, it's still kind of up in the air. Like you know, they're still literally trying to save his sight, which is for someone who works in video games media. It's kind that's of your important. career. Yeah, it's literally his career. Yeah, and also like I mean, he's a he's a host. He does. That's right. He has to read a teleprompter. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, you know, he's a he's a youngish strong guy he's you know I'm he'll, sure, I think he'll, he'll, he'll get okay. through it and yeah. uh you know he's in good hands as far as i can see in terms of who's doing the stuff um but we'll have to wait and see yeah we wish you well good luck yeah, man i hope everything's sure. going up your recovery goes really well jeff and uh everything works out good the eyesight something you don't mess with man scary it is scary uh earth demon wow classic had over 1.1 million people watching launch yesterday with massive cues do you think wow classics popularity will last or fade you got to answer this. I've well, I mean, it's not. Gonna, I've hardly not played. I've haven't played hardly any World of Warcraft in my whole life. Well, I'm, I'm I haven't played World of Warcraft seriously since Cataclysm fifteen years came ago. Out. Yeah, something like um, that. I mean, Cataclysm. I played like two days of Cataclysm, and we all just sort of went meh. Um, and I haven't been back since. Um, I mean, WoW Classic is an interesting idea. Like, I, obviously, the popularity is going to fade from what it is right now. Right now, you are. What was it? I saw. Uh, Michelle Morrow was saying like she she's uh, she has, I think it was a screenshot where she's like her wait time was 758 minutes in like, the queues to get into the servers are our, our World of Warcraft launch. Why level. did Blizzard wait so long to do this again? <laughs> How um, did they not know? So that you this? got people in eight to ten hour wow. wait times to get into these I'm things. I'm definitely not doing that. Um, <laughs> That's not happening. So uh, obviously there's a rush on that. It's not going to be like that forever. Although it is authentic to the experience. Yeah. Um, I think it'll. Be, I think one of the things they're going people are going to find is that classic. While you were, have good memories of it, your good memories of MMOs generally come from the people you played with, right? And not, not the game the you're game. playing. Yeah. And you're gonna get. You're going to realize that there's a reason they made all these changes yeah. to the game over there's the There's a reason when we played it in Wrath of the Lich King, we modded the living hell out of it to yeah. make it playable. Like, with, yeah. like, all, and now all those things are, you know, part of the basic UI. But, like, 
Nostalgia goggles. For sure. They're a hell and, of I a mean, drug. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it back then. I played a yeah, mage yeah. up to like Everybody max level. Did. Everything was great. Yeah. But the world has moved on, yeah. and I think it's going to be like one of those things where you're like, oh, cool. Da, 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 da. Like two days later, you're like, eh, I'm good. There's yeah. a lot of people getting turned on to like Final Fantasy 14 right now because they've had that like free like yeah, open I, place. I mean, time I jumped in on that. Yeah, Vincent has like a bunch of people have so. I think once you play a modern MMO, going back to Vanilla WoW might be a little bit of a culture. Yeah, I, I think it's like a thing where you're going to be like, oh, that's so cool. All right, I've seen it. Yeah, it's, 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 I don't think it's going to be a, a mainstay forever. So I'm sure there's going to be a, a dedicated core group of people that play it permanently, forever, until it's, you know, pulled down or whatever. But, I think it'll probably stay up forever. Yeah, I, I, there's no reason now not to. Now they've revived it, like, why would they take it down? Yeah, they did a lot of work to get this thing up. So I'm yep. sure it'll be around. I, just, I certainly don't expect it to maintain the eight-hour queues uh, much beyond, you know, the first week or two. Yep. Uh, J. Reed Vic 7 with Sims 5 basically going free-to-play on Origin this year. Wait. Sims 4. Sims 5 isn't even out yet. I don't know. I, don't, I think he meant Sims 4. With Sims 4 basically going free-to-play on Origin this year, it feels like Sims 5 is imminent, okay? Um, is that a big enough announce at this point to end up on a press conference stage at E3 next year or no? Hail to the no. Not remotely, no. 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 Although, if there is one publisher that would have the audacity to close a press conference with The Sims, it is EA. It is EA, yeah. Because it is a big moneymaker for EA. Yeah, but it's not It's not that audience. Yeah. It's a, it's a totally... But they, look, they do show stuff that like we don't care about yeah, at their I mean, pressers. But, I mean, they've done Sims trailers pretty regularly. Yeah. Uh, They'll give it like 10 minutes. They'll yeah. demo it and everything. It won't finish it, though. No, that's not a closer. Yeah. Your closer is whatever other Star Wars game you're going to Whatever game you're gonna explodes push out. is yeah. your closer. That's just the way it is. So it's whatever if it bleeds, Star... it leaves. If it explodes, it closes. It's whatever its Star Wars game is going to be. Or uh, if they decide to try to foist another battlefield on us. Yeah, that's possible. Highly probable, actually. Joaquin Dragoon just did something It's crazy. one of four things. We know that. It's EA. Like it's... Joaquin Dragoon just did something crazy in chat. I don't know if he... What is all that? What? Is that? What are all these? Are those all bits? Some kind of bits, looks like. Wow. Joaquin Dragoon. You're making it rain. Yeah. I feel like I'm an 18-year-old stripper at the strip club. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Super Cordon Blue. I was late to the show, but have you discussed the recent rumors and leaks about Overwatch on Switch and a possibility of an Overwatch character as one of the final two Smash DLC characters? Uh, we've I already added Switch to the list of platforms for Overwatch today. So yeah, I mean I don't know why else you're making a Switch carrying case with yeah. Overwatch on it. I mean the gigs up. Put <laughs> Overwatch is jig, coming to Switch. What jigs up? The jig is up. Is I oh, right? That is the proper way to say it. The gigs up means we lost our job. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which we all know about. Never already. know. <laughs> like, but um, the uh, I mean sure. I mean as one of the Smash characters, that seems extreme but i mean i could see you know uh tracer being made a smash character i mean i don't think it's anything that i don't think it's that extreme at all i think it's a match made in heaven an overwatch character in smash it fits right in it work i mean i don't know yeah um but yeah it's it's coming it's happening There's, no one's making a case one way or the other is that, yeah it's, i mean they took that thing down so fast it's got to be real but so. i think we've said on this show like two years ago that like overwatch is a good fit for nintendo platforms yeah which is sense. rare for a blizzard game like it actually makes perfect sense for him. So yeah, it's happening. Absolutely happening. Um, let's see. Since you gave us all those bits, Joaquin Dragoon, 
going to answer your question. Uh, what can Square Enix do to make the next new Final Fantasy not be a disappointment like 15 was for Matt, not Shane, LOL? Um, <clears throat> well, they could make it not anything like 15. <laughs> um, you know that's not going to happen, though. It'll be very much like 15. Well, in a sense, it'd probably be like an open world. Action RPG. And a car. Yeah. But, like, tell a story. Yeah, a com- good and interesting com- story. Complete the story. Uh, How about targeting the- it towards the people who have been playing Final Fantasy their yeah. entire lives instead finish, of to, like, 12-year-olds? Finish the game. I mean, next, I mean, Final Fantasy, JRPGs are targeted towards that age group. Like, I know they are. They always are. But break the mold. Um, like, yeah. make um, a Final Fantasy for adults. Or at like, least be better at it. Yeah. Like that's the other I'll thing. Take like, that I, too. I can enjoy something that's targeted at a younger audience, but like, but see, uh, gotta make it not stupid. What I was getting at really was the characters. Like those characters do not appeal to adults. They appeal to young kids, preteens, tweens. The idea of the characters appeals. I mean, I I like the idea of like a road trip with the boys and kind of, but none of them were characters. Like, yeah, they, they were just and none shadows. of it. There was no, there was no growth. There was no change. Nothing really mattered. They were who they were, and you never learned. I mean, they left out very vital parts of the story, uh, because to get that to get them, you had to watch the that movie that came whatever the I can't remember, King's King's Glaive or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know the 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 whole bunch of the. Uh, that's CG tour de force. Yeah, a whole bunch of the other things uh, at the end like were unfinished. The chapters were unfinished and didn't make any sense. They had to revamp all that stuff. They ended up bailing it, on. One piece of the DLC. Yeah. Um, and, like, look, just for, first off, I think maybe pull back on the diesel punk. Like, pull, like make a little, lean harder into the fantasy. Agreed. Um, take it back to basics, sort of the way Final Fantasy IX did. Yep. Um, I am down with focus that. Focus real hard on character work versus, you know, excessive plotting. I know excessive plotting is sort of part of RPG, JRPGs in the post-Final Fantasy VII world, but, like, Bring it back. Look real, real hard at Dragon Quest Eleven. Is basically what I'd say. Like, Dragon you want to make it turn-based? Uh, I would be fine with a turn-based. I mean, Final I wouldn't Fantasy. mind going back to more of the active time battle system, which is not turn-based but close enough. Kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like basically, it's like it's not turn-based. It's turn-based, but like if you wait too long, you'll screw yourself. Like so, I'm. I I, always, I, you know, I think ATB is kind of the way to go there. I don't think trying to turn it into Kingdom Hearts Light is no. the way to go. No. Um, I, I I could see Square Enix trying to turn it into just like an action game, though. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be kind of they're the kind of doing going. that with the Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. But look, one way or the other, like action game or JRPG, whatever you want to make, just a make the story good, make the characters characters, finish the story, like yeah. let them give the team. Th- I mean, I know it took ten years to get fifteen out the door, and I understand why. Well, you that's the be biggest that. thing they need to fix. But like. You know, have an idea, finish the idea, make it, tell the story properly, um, and for God's sake, hire some West Western people to vet the English script yeah. because it's it's real hard to watch sometimes. At this um, rate, I'm going to play one more Final Fantasy before I die. And again, Think about that. Dragon Quest Eleven, not not like that. Yeah, like I know that's from the Enix side of things, but like. And I'm not saying it has to be exactly like Dragon Quest Eleven because Dragon Quest Eleven, though, again, also aimed at a pretty young audience, yeah. but fun to play, yeah, and absolutely. not insulting to to see the story. And I mean, the characters are all good. The character yeah. it all works. It, yep. You know, it does. Look real hard at what they did in that. You know, and even, the, even <laughs> wishful thinking. I know, like Square Square is not going to do that, but like, I don't know. It's I, I don't care to some degree because it's like Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy basically was over for me when Seven came out. 
Like, it peaked at 6, and it's never going to get there again unless they decide to give 6 a remake treatment like 7 got, which they won't. So, I, I really like 9, but... I like 9, I and I really it. like 12, but, like, they're not on the level not of... Not consistent. No, not yeah. at all. And, and they don't care about the quality of things because, you know, 12, while it also had somewhat of a weak story, it was basically just a remake of Star Wars... Um, they boot. That was all the Ivalice team, and they bo- they fired all those people immediately after, and then moved on to thirteen, which I found insufferable. Uh, although that whole era of Final Fantasy fi- just right over fifteen my head. made me appreciate Lightning a lot more. <laughs> Funny how that works. Uh, also, if you're gonna make an open world, how about you model the, the objects I'm looking for instead of just making them glowing points of light? Yeah, like it ain't 2004 anymore, people. Uh, Commander Fett, thanks again, by the way, for uh, Twitch Prime. <laughs> Uh, with the success of Gamescom, do you think that more events will try to emulate what they're doing? Also, do you think that E3 will continue its downward spiral? I don't know if I call E3 a downward spiral. I it's certainly it, starting to... I think it depends what end of the class action lawsuit you're on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I talked about that on today's High Score, too, about how they tried to get me on the class action lawsuit, and I didn't want to do it because I'm afraid I'll get blackballed from E3. <laughs> I didn't get that. I think uh, I think maybe because I'm always part of like a corporation. I didn't so even re- I didn't even reply because so I was afraid that they were just fishing for my info. It was somebody else fishing for my information. Yeah, I mean you can check the. Think email about that, that though. it's like weird. It's like it comes from some URL that's like esaleak.com or something. Like I didn't trust it. So I anyway. mean that's a lot of times for class action suits that you do set up a separate website for that kind of thing. But it it just is. think about it though. It's like they leaked your information, and just some random person is reaching out asking for your information again. I'm like, eh, I think I'll hold off on that. Well, there's ways to verify whether that's legit or not. But, I mean, it doesn't really matter. You wouldn't get any, anything of note out of it. Um, G. Eston Horman. Oh, wait, we didn't answer that last one, did we? No. Um, do you think uh, other events are going to emulate Gamescom and make it just, like, pretty much all about the public and just, like, one day for press and industry i mean i don't really know who else would want to take that on you know what i mean i don't know that there is there even a location in america that could handle that vegas do you think the you vegas do, convention vegas is big enough because not vegas convention center but there are hotels that could do it there's enough hotels but like do you have a physical space big enough for four hundred thousand people i mean you have vegas ces gets to what 110 or something like that i yeah. think I mean, you'd have to spread it out. Yeah. But Vegas is the closest thing we would have. How awesome would it be, though, if there were something like Gamescom in Vegas that just took over the whole city? Mm -hmm. That would be incredible. That would be, like, the best gaming event ever. Although I don't know how how many people would make it to their meetings. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. That would be insane. You would have stories to tell for the rest of your life coming back from that show. You'd have to plan it out so it would be on those that like that stretch of hotels that are all connected by the train so nobody would have to go outside. Or the underground tunnels, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're right, though. You'd have to do it. Um, yeah, I, I honestly don't think that there's a place to do something like that in America. I just don't think that there is. There's no convention center that big. Um, but even if you're trying to work towards it, do you think maybe that you might see a shift in focus? I mean, I feel like we have. I mean, E3's tried to invite the public a bunch of times. Yeah, I mean, it's it's working. They've got, you know, 60,000 people coming. Yeah. And most, I mean, we know there's only 5,000 of them are press. So. No, 2,000. Is it 2,000? 2,000. Right. So the vast majority of that are, are public attendees, paid public attendees. But the, I think every year they announce that it's like 20,000 public attendees. Like, look, after all this stuff, I don't know that I trust anything that the ESA has said about E3 now. Like, yeah, well. 
I don't know. Call I mean, me crazy. I wouldn't call it a downward spiral, but they certainly aren't making it easy for themselves at this point. Well, they're you, certainly in a holding pattern. Best, got an, best I mean, case got scenario, the new, they're the running president. in place. Well, they got the new president, and he obviously had some plans to sort of turn things around, but I think you know this sets them way back. Did you see Real Sports, where they had him on? No. Talking about like gun violence and everything? Mm-mm. Oh, it was a disaster. <laughs> you can find it on YouTube. You can find it on Sifted. We curated it. It's like a 13-minute piece that HBO Real Sports did on esports and gun violence, and they talked to him, and he does not he does not do well. I thought Pactor said he was a sharp... I Yeah, I was really disappointed. Hmm. They caught him like three or four times where they asked him questions, and he just kind of sat there and smiled and looked awful. So, hmm. I don't know. He's new on the job. Hopefully he, uh, he can pick it up. Um, Justin Horman, the Gamescom Minecraft ray tracing demo looked amazing, considering it's freaking Minecraft. What older 3D game do you think could really benefit from having ray tracing added in some kind of an official modern mod? I think it could help make Rogue Leader look even prettier with all the lasers, bright lights, and whatnot. That's a good call. Yeah. You just picked the winner, I think. (laughs) Um, Any of the, honestly, a lot of GameCube games, because... If you actually like play those on an emulator, they look amazing. Yeah, they still look great. It's hard to believe that like they put that many polygons into the models for those games. Like if you could revive almost any of those with something crazy mm-hmm. new tech like ray tracing, it would yeah, be I would love to impressive. see a full rework, uh, visual rework of Eternal Darkness. Oh yeah. I would like to see just a full rework of Eternal Darkness. Yeah. Like all the way. Like all the gameplay, everything. Just rework it because everything else all the aesthetics of that game are incredible. Yeah, there's a lot of games that are just sadly trapped on the GameCube. Yeah. Uh, it'd be nice to... Because Nintendo owns them. the rights to them, and it's not going to do anything with them. Nope. Yeah. Uh, there's... At least we're getting a Metroid Prime collection one day. Yeah. And like I've said a million times, I would love to see a remastered Tribes, Star Siege Tribes. Mm-hmm. I would like to see someone re- remake uh, X-Wing and TIE yep. Fighter. Like, That's who I figured you'd, what you'd say first. I mean, Rogue Leader is a little similar, but not the same. Um, Mike's Q. Matt talked about uh, Remnant earlier in the show, so you have to catch that on the archive. Uh, any more? Oh, there's a bunch more. Um, Casey Alpha. How big of a deal will PlayStation now be next generation? Feel like they're testing the waters at the moment. Depends if they can get the tech up to par with uh, what Stadia is trying to do. Because, look, I, I am skeptical on Stadia, but the tech is apparently better than what PlayStation now has yeah. to work with. I mean, it's probably scrambling trying to stay relevant, honestly. Yeah. It's doing probably putting a bunch of money into R&D. They're probably w- using, like, as much access as they have to Stadia as possible yeah. to try to, like, data mine it and figure out how they're doing it. Well, I mean, look, if there's one element of PlayStation's various services I never hear anyone mention, it's PlayStation now. Yeah. Like, it's it's a non-entity. It basically. is. Yeah. I don't know too many people that have ever even tried it, let alone subscribe to it. I mean, I never subscribed. I did try it at the at a couple of events, and it played fine. But, like, what they were demoing with it was stuff like Assassin's Creed and uh, Uncharted. Yeah. Which where is latency like, isn't that big Where latency isn't that big of a deal. I mean, and also, like, where the characters have enough of a startup animation that, like, you're not even noticing how long it takes them to get moving. Put something on there like Pac-Man, and you're going to notice that, like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, this for is sure. not... Uh, Mitchell is alive. Do you think Xbox Game Pass will come to Switch? I haven't heard much chatter about it on the show. What are your opinions on XGP? I mean, that's going to depend on how much money Xbox wants to throw into that. I mean, you could theoretically do something like that if you're going to pay everybody off the way that they do for the main Xbox Game Pass. Because, like, you know, I asked a couple people at E3, like, whose games are on Game Pass. Like, so how does that work? And they're basically like, they give us a lot of money. Yeah. And, like, and then I'd say, oh, so, and then say, 
a lot <laughs> of money. Like, like it's there's it's more than worth their while. Yes, it's yeah. like you know, a couple of them were like they they gave us more money than we thought we were going to make wow. on the game. That's great. Like it's so it's they make it very worth what it is. Will it come to Will Switch? that continue? Will they be able to maintain? I mean, Pactor, like Pactor said, like that's not a sustainable model. Yeah. Uh, so who knows when that gravy train is going to end. For Switch, they'd have to basically do the same with, you know, on that platform. I think that depends whether Nintendo's cool with that. I think it would all be rebranded. It'd be so all, it'll be rebranded. It'll also be probably not Nintendo games. Uh, be third whatever third party stuff is on there. But again, I think it depends whether Nintendo wants that kind of service on their system. Yeah. Game Pass. To I bet me, they'd be happy to do it. Yeah, to me, XCloud seems more likely than Game Pass on Switch mm-hmm. because it's a streaming service, and you'll be able to play the big third-party stuff on Switch. Well, that's the main thing. Is like the the downfall of Switch is like you'd have to have a totally different library, right? Which means a whole different group of licensing deals and a group of payoffs. But with payouts. XCloud, you don't. You avoid but, all that. Yeah, I mean, you still have the licensing stuff, but. It's, it seems more likely. I mean, again, yeah. I mean, you could maybe run a Game Pass service for xCloud similar to it, or it's like you get access to all these things. Um, it would be interesting if xCloud let you run streaming uh, Xbox games that are not available on Switch at all, um, you know, like the Assassin's Creed Odyssey thing had in uh, in Japan. Yeah. Um, that seems like a pretty likely like, subscription service model for that, which also is also how Stadia should run, but it isn't. Um, yeah, I mean, they have the, the infrastructure in place for that, I suppose. Yep. We'll have to wait and see. I don't know. Like that's we're in a whole new weird area with that with that partnership right now. Uh, here's a question. <laughs> I don't even know when we do find out about that. Did you? What? Like if like if more details on like whatever this Xbox Switch partnership. My guess is like E3 next yeah. year. I mean, just being honest, like Nintendo has bigger fish to fry. Microsoft has a platform to launch. Maybe alongside if, if the the Switch Pro or whatever it is, like next year. Yeah, that seems like maybe a, a good place to put it. Here's a question that I'm shocked by uh, from Congrim1. Any thoughts on Cliff Blazinski's possible return? Did you see this? He was tw- tweeting about how like he had an idea and he was think he was like, "Oh, it makes me want to like get back in." But then like like ten minutes later, he's like, "I'm just being dumb guy." He was. I, I don't think he has any. Intention. He has moved. I don't think he's coming back ever. He's a broad. He's a Tony winning Broadway producer now. He doesn't need. To how be weird this. is that? How do you <laughs> shift gears from making a crappy battle royale game to money? No. Well, it's funny that like. I mean, he didn't really do much for the show right no he just he, he just threw some put funding the money in and put yeah. some money in and like he's not the only producer or anything but like it was he basically paid for producer credit yeah, right? yeah. i mean it, it's how producing works for something like that he's a fun he's a he's a money man you know uh, and um it's i mean it was funny to me because like you it's know, funny though how it, he still says like we won this we it's like your money like i mean that's what producing is in, it, in, in it, the I theater know. i mean he that's yeah. that's what it is yeah. he's he's not wrong I mean, it should, they should uh, be called investors because they're not actually producing anything. But that's what produce. I mean, if you put the money up in a film, you are a producer. Well, if you like, put the money up, you can tell them to give you whatever title you want. I mean, or you just don't give them the money. Like right, you can but use that's it how as it leverage. works. It's like, crazy. That's, that's what the title is. Yeah. And, but I don't think he's fine. It was funny that he when he did that deal, I told some of my friends, even some of my friends who are super into like Broadway and stuff. I'm like, yeah, my friend is working is a. You know, help going into financing on this uh, on this show called Hades Town, and they're like they had never heard of it. I'm like, oh, it's like it's like an Orpheus story, and they're like, oh, they're like, oh I don't know about that. And now it's like the biggest <laughs> it's gigantic, thing. yeah. It was like when one of my friends came back from New York, and you know, he's very plugged in with stuff, but like he came back and he's like, we saw this show called Hamilton, which is about Alexander Hamilton. It's the like, greatest thing I've seen on stage in forever, and I'm like, really? It's like a, it's a, it's like a. 
like a musical about Hamilton? It's like, oh, you're saying before it was before exploded. it was nothing. It was still in its oh, previews. Got, Nobody got knew about it. Right, and like right. he got. I mean, it was still. It was hot among those in the know in New York. Right, right. But it was not a nationwide success at all. Yeah. I mean, you're still at the point at the even at the time it was preview shows, but it was still like you're paying fifteen hundred dollars a ticket, and this dude had just looked up. Like oh this Hamilton thing sounds interesting. He looked up like rush seats and he got like two like th- like third row center for like like ticket price like wow. not not like and this was before I mean Hamilton changed the pricing of Broadway shows like now you're paying four or five hundred dollars for like that, those tickets but at the time there was still I like, would never pay that for a Broadway show I wouldn't pay fifty bucks for a Broadway show uh, I hate musicals I really do well it depends I mean I paid in that range for seats for um. To Kill a Mockingbird, and I was there in February. Yeah, which is not a musical. Right, it's, it's, a, it's play. a play. I would yeah. I play. I like plays way more than musicals. Yeah, I I hate movies where they sing. I hate musicals, and this is coming from someone who, from like third grade until like eighth grade, was in every musical, had the lead part oh, yeah. in a lot of musicals. Was, I was like in a lot of musicals. Was like the guy who had a solo in the choir. Like I've been through all that crap. I hate it. I hated it when I was doing it. But I, uh, not my forte. So you're not not going to be first in line for cats. No, no. I hate movies where they start singing. Like I'll literally is if if I'm watching a movie and they'll start doing a singing thing where they're like singing the lines and dance, I just turn the channel. I hate it. I just can't stand it. I'm like just say the lines. I don't want to hear you sing them. I don't want to hear this crappy music. <laughs> uh, let's see. I mean, I'm not a musical fan, but Jesus, dude. <laughs> um, let's see. Wampler. Thank you, brother. Uh, you got an emote thanks to Wappler 13's Mega Cheer. Thanks, brother. That's freaking awesome, man. Mega Cheer. You guys are hooking it up, man, today. All these subscriptions, all these bits. You guys must have enjoyed the show today, man. Or you're just in the giving spirit before Labor Day. Um, not Sir, thank you for uh, Twitch Prime. You rock. Um, let's see. We'll answer one or two more. Uh, X-Play the Musical is pretty good. It was. I, uh, you're right. It was good. Uh, Rosencrans, um, did we get a new trailer, new info for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order during the uh, Star Wars news at D23? If not, do you think it was a big mistake on Respawn's behalf or maybe Disney's decision? It was Lucasfilm's decision, not Disney or Respawn. And we did not get it. And we, we didn't got get nothing. Anything. No. I don't know what's going on now. Mm. Are they not going to put out any more media before the game comes out? No, there'll be media. It's weird. Later on. It is weird. It's not ready yet. I mean, Lucasfilm has their rollout plan. I remember we ran into this with the original Battlefront with uh, in 2015, uh, Battlefront 2 again. Like, it, I mean, Di- Lucasfilm decides that. And uh, not Disney, because Disney doesn't. Disney only so, steps. Disney only steps in when EA fucks up the microtransactions and Bob Iger has to call someone. Um, and even that, I would not be surprised if Lucasfilm actually called up Disney and was like, "Hey, you're the distributor. They're threatening our brand here. Like, right, coming up close to a new movie. Can you please do something about it?" But uh, I don't know. I'm not really sure what their plan is. I mean, they blew out tons of information on everything at D23, so maybe they thought it would get lost in the shuffle because it's not really about video games. But I mean, we saw Kingdom Hearts three there like last year, so it's not. It's a little surprising to me that they didn't show it. Show something this year. At the same time, it's they might stupid. They might just they need be to a, show the game. Well, no, it's not necessarily stupid because the other thing is like they might just be trying to finish it. They could have hit all of Europe. They hit. They'll hit any all of everyone whenever they want to. It's Star Wars. Yeah, that's all they need to do. It didn't save to, them from E3. Well, no, but E3 isn't going to have any bearing on how well it sells in November. So 
We'll see. All they got to do is put those commercials up, and it'll sell what it sells. Maybe they're already happy with the pre-order numbers. That could know. be, actually. Um, clarification from Congrim. Cliffy B said he has, an, he has an idea, and it's not a battle royale. Well, I would hope not. Yeah, I think he learned that lesson. The no hard one way. should be trying to make any more battle royales <laughs> at this point. I think that ship has sailed. Um, and then here's the last one, because it's going to take you a little while to answer. Uh, Wampler says, Shane Satterfield stars in Skate, the musical. <laughs> I might do that, actually. Um, oh, what are your three favorite films of the year so far, Matt? Of the year? Yeah. Um, I haven't really seen much this year. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, got, I, I'm, I haven't seen enough to really sit make that call okay Best, the, I mean, hit him up at the end of the year when we're when we're thinking like this yeah because it for me like once we get to november and december i just organically I start I thinking like what was the best album i listened to this year what was the best movie i saw what was the best game i played i'm not in that frame of mind right now i can tell you the worst thing i saw this year what hellboy yeah you're not alone on that one man that i heard terrible. everyone who saw it said it was terrible that's a shame. Like, I wasn't, I mean, I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it because it just hit digital and, and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it was, it's bad. As bad as like, I was, I was not ready for how bad that was. Like, I really didn't think it would be, oh, it can't be that bad. But, uh, no, it was that sometimes bad. Sometimes they are. <laughs> All right. That's it for Game Face episode 179. I had a great time today doing the show. Hopefully, you guys did too watching. Hopefully, Matt, you did. Yeah. You had fun today? <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> Uh, like Turn I said, the kick in the teeth. <laughs> like I said uh, at the show open, I know some of you guys may be joined late. Um, I'm headed out of town beginning Thursday morning. I'm not back till Tuesday night. Next Thursday, we're doing an episode of Game Face, and then we're doing another one just four days after that to get back on the Tuesday schedule. So we're not going to have one for next Tuesday. We will have one Thursday, and then that next Tuesday. Uh, so Dan oh, Boy says the question was movie, three movies of all time. Oh, all time. Oh. Which I also don't really have an answer to because That's I, don't, tough. I don't really. Do. But if you if you put a gun to my head and make me pick a favorite movie, I will probably pick Mulholland Drive. Okay, interesting pick. Great film. I saw it at a midnight show last week for the we, first we, time. Oh no! Like for oh. I mean I've seen it a bunch of times. Oh, but okay. I hadn't seen it in a theater in like fourteen years. Wow. And they did a they did a midnight show at the Vista. Did they do it at Mulholland Drive? No, they did it at the Vista, yeah. which is on Sunset. Yeah, close but enough. But for something that is so influenced by Sunset Boulevard, it kind of counts. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was good to see it again. So that's one of your three for sure. I would definitely. It's definitely probably my favorite movie if I really have to pick. I don't. It's hard to pick because different movies are for different things for me. Yep. But if you're gonna say like if you want to watch anything. Thing, like the last movie I'd watch in my life would probably be Mulholland Drive. There you go. Uh, Labor Day's coming up. All you guys disconnect from the interwebs and video games and go eat food, good food off a grill. Um, have some fun with your family and friends over Labor Day. We will have content rolling out. We got some stuff like pre-scheduled to roll out on the site over the next few days, so it's not going to be a waste, waste town. Uh, Pactor tomorrow. We'll have stuff for you guys. But I want you guys to go out and enjoy time with friends and family just like I'm about to. So everyone, have a very safe and very fun Labor Day weekend. We'll see you on the other side. Game Face is up and out.